Thank you so much for downloading this podcast. Do you know that God's word has the ability to make you what it talks about? As you listen to this sermon by Tikatoni, it is our prayer that you will filled with faith, hope, and love. God bless you. Okay, so we continue on who is Jesus, right? We said Jesus is our hope. We said Jesus is our savior. All right? We were in the book of 2 Timothy, right? Chapter 1, verse 8 and 9 and 10. And we just stopped at verse 8 and some part of 9, right? Okay, so let's continue there. Let's continue there. Verse 9. 2 Timothy chapter 1 and the ninth verse. Second Timothy chapter one verse nine. Are we there, please? Okay. It says Who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his purpose and grace? which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. But now is made manifest by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, who has abolished death and has brought life and immortality to light through the what? Through the gospel. Who is Jesus there? He's also our Savior. Do you see that? So Jesus Christ has been persistently something through the Bible. Have you noticed? Yeah. He has been persistently something through the Bible. It means that. It means something to us. We're going to look again in another place. Matthew chapter 16 and verse 13. Matthew 16, please. Please open your Bibles. Matthew 16 and verse 13. Yes. Matthew 16 from verse 13. Are we there, please? Okay. I'm waiting for everyone to arrive. If you're there, help your neighbor get there quickly. Look in your neighbor's Bible. Be your neighbor's, your brother's keeper. Make sure your neighbor is there early so you don't lag behind. When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some say thou art John the Baptist, some say Elijah, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said unto them, But whom do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. So who is Jesus here? The Christ, the Son of the living God. Who is Jesus again? The Christ, the Son of the living God.
the son of the living God. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, many people had seen Jesus and had interpreted him differently. Yeah. Many people had seen him and had interpreted him in diverse and many, many, many myriads of ways. But only one person had seen Jesus and said, This guy, you are the Christ. You are the Christ. You are the son of the... No, mind you, Jesus' son name wasn't Christ. At least you would have, if you don't know anything, you can say his son name was Joseph. But he couldn't have been named Joseph because Joseph didn't impregnate Mary. Yeah. He couldn't have. He couldn't have. Okay? Jesus Christ was born of special seed. Hey! Man! Oh, you know, when people, how many of you here, you know, when the Bible says that Jesus was born without sin, some of us don't get the concept of being born without sin. David said, in sin did my mother conceive me. In sin did my mother conceive me. I want to explain something to you. If you are here, <laughs> and you have ever stolen meat, egg, fish, chicken, pomo, uh, crayfish, Leave. Or you put spoon and ate a rice. You have stolen rice too from your mother's pot. Give the Lord a wiper. <laughs> See, only few people have not done it before. If you are here and you have stolen before, you have stolen, stolen, general, you took a pen. <laughs> You know, pen was one of the most stolen things in secondary school. <laughs> Followed by rulers. <laughs> you see, the, the, the criminals in us are coming out once more. We are confessing little by little. <laughs> you know, if you were in the boarding house, socks. Socks, singlets, underwears. Yeah. Buckets. If you have stolen before, can I see your hand up? <laughs> now, so you, you see, so you see that even pastors, <laughs> the people who are looking like this, speaking in tongues, ah, so you've stolen before, Pastor Goodness. Hey! Okay, I'm going to ask a, a very big one. If you have lied before, raise up your hand. Hey! Some of us need to raise up two hands and two legs. <laughs> raise up two hands and two legs. Yeah. You see? And nobody taught us these things. Who taught you? Did, were you mentored? In line, like somebody just came and said, Look, if you want to tell a good lie, eh? <laughs> I want to tell you step one keep your face a certain way. <laughs> one of the people who lie the most in the planet are women. And I'm not saying this to, to actually sidetrack women. Because women are the people who tend to use their fragility as a reason for so many escapes. Are you okay? I'm sick. 
It's just attention. Secondary school, the best time. You, she's fine until they say all of us are going. To, like my belly, I don't know. I don't know what's happening to me. Uh, and all her friends who support her in the lie. She's very sick. Then it will take four of them to take care of her. Oh, four. <laughs> This is why, this is why, ladies don't like those who are in charge to be women. Girls don't like it. If she's a woman, she will know. She will not care. You are sick. Go like that. But if it's a man, I say, ah, I can't walk with. When did menstrual cycles become a disease? <laughs> it's not a disease, though. Do you know? It's not a disease. You can walk like a human being. Hey, come and see. Even when there is nothing. I remember one time, man, there was this lady. She was on a menstrual cycle for like three months. The man looked at her and said, you must be mad. <laughs> three months now, you have missed cleaning. And every week, my cycle. <laughs> Your cycle will break today. <laughs> It will break today. We will break this cycle today by the grace of God. Yeah. I mean, I mean. Yeah. So all of us at one point or some, some other have done many, many things. Oh, if I say how many of you are virgins? The only virgin in this place is Virgin Atlantic. <laughs> we'll be surprised. So you want me to ask? You're so... You're, you see, Yes, ask, ask, ask. We see there is no hand in the church. We will start bowing down to pray. We bow down and worship. <laughs> hey, sh- mercy, Lord. Yeah, we've all been there. We've all been there. You know, there was a time in church history, not too long ago, where being a virgin was synonymous with Christianity. Yeah, that's why today HIV is present in the church as it is present in the world. There's no difference, really. Teenage pregnancies are more. They are as prevalent in the church as they are. There's no, no difference. Really, no difference. Yeah. So you must understand how special it is for Jesus to have been born without sin. That Jesus never one day imagined stealing from his mother's pot. You know, even if you've not done it, do you know how many times you've said no to yourself? <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. You know how many times you've said no? Even now. Some of you, even now, when you pass that place, <sighs> say, well, I'll wait for dinner. <laughs> but if you follow your tendencies, I tell you, that chicken pot is gone. It's gone while it's being boiled, before it's fried. <laughs> Someone said only an immortal can fry plantain without eating it. <laughs> Is this the case? <laughs> Your mom says, fry that plantain for me. By the time it comes, it was supposed to be like 12 fingers. Seven is left. What happened? You will see the plantain was small. <laughs> Mercy! 
all done things. We've all done things. How many of you have deceived your neighbor before? How many of you have been deceitful? How many of you have deceived someone before? Show me your hand if you've deceived someone. Do you know the meaning of deceive? Do you know the meaning? Not really. Yeah. Who can explain what it means to deceive? To turn something black that is white in such a way as to be to be believable. You know, for example, it's like saying, uh, my father is rich. <laughs> my father is a very rich man. You know, I remember one time a lady... I heard of her story. I don't know how true. Maybe it was a joke. You know. And the lady said, the man said to the lady, he said, with you I'm rich. You are my everything. You are my whole world. My whole life. You are my beginning and my end. Ah, the lady was touched. He said, will you marry me? She said, yes, yes. Then they got married. And went to sleep under the bridge. She said, we're married. Uh, where, where's the house? He said, I told you, you're my everything. You're my world. You're my beginning. You're my end. <laughs> That's called being deceived. <laughs> yeah, because she thought he was being romantic. She didn't know he was being literal. <laughs> you are all I have. <laughs> hey, Lord, may our ladies not meet such men. <laughs> Both in the future and in the present. Ah. Yeah, I'm seen somebody saying, you know, you know, I have some money here and some money scattered here and there. And God has blessed me, and you're you're looking at him and you're admiring him, only for you to go to his house, or for you to discover later, hey, it's not as you heard it. That's called deception, okay? Yeah. So how many of you have deceived someone before? You have deceived many times. In case you don't know. You don't know the meaning of deceive. There's nobody who has not deceived someone before. As for deception, most of our addressing is deception. If you are online on Facebook, you have deceived many times. Yes, you have lied and deceived many times. It can be me chilling in my parlor. And you at Mr. Biggs. When did Mr. Biggs become your parlor? <laughs> You snap in a place. You say, oh, this place looks like somewhere that could be in America. There's a white man behind me. Just chilling with the Lord here in USA. <laughs> hey. Ah. You know, if it's you and just smile like nothing happened. <laughs> Nobody will stop. Because everybody is laughing. If you don't laugh, who would think it's you? <laughs> yeah. We've all done it, haven't we? Not, not at least that, but we've done something similar. Yeah. Do you know many times on Facebook that you were looking so rousy in physical world, you just did something, did something, did something, like, and you wrote something very fancy. Everybody said, you look so beautiful today. I would love to marry you. But you and yourself, you know you're not even marriable if they see you before the picture. Ah! It's called deception, my friend. You have deceived many times just for being a fine boy. You have deceived many ladies. It's true. Just for being fine. Look, when somebody is handsome or beautiful, they are deceptive, like this boy. Very deceptive. Carry pink lips. Have a lot of good beards. You look like an evil. Why would we not think you are deceptive? <laughs> yeah, bad deceit.
times have people asked if you are American or British or something? I'm sure. I'm sure. Do you know how many chances he has had to say yes? <laughs> has there ever been a point in your life that you ever said yes? Oh, he has deceived everybody. There's nobody here that has not done something deceptive before. Nobody. There are some things that we can permit. But when it comes to deception, everybody has been there. Even when you were a child. Have you never deceived people that you were sleeping when you were awake? You want to hear something. You want to hear something that they are saying. So you even now that you are grown up, you still do it. Even now you are grown up, you still do it. Oh. You still do it. We know all the scopes because we've done it too. Yeah. These days, if I'm sleeping, I'm sleeping. If I'm awake, I'm awake. No deception. Tell you, look, I'm going to listen to you if you don't leave. If you, if you, don't, if you want me to listen to what you're saying, then I'll, if you stay there, I'll be awake listening to you. But if you have a secret and I'm interested, I'm really interested in people's gist these days. Yeah. You know? There's one time, there's this guy, a pastor friend of mine from Solomon Islands. He would say something like, Ah, man. That day, you know, when you say that day, he would expect me to say, so what happened? I said, okay. So one day he called me. He said, I want to talk with you personally. I said, what happened? He said, you see, you're not a good friend. <laughs> I said, what? He said, I tried to make you find out. You don't care. I said, it's not that I don't care. It's just, I thought that was the end of the story. That day, eh? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Have you ever tried chatting with me before? And you're trying to get me to talk. Ah, you will not enjoy it. If you don't tell me what you have to tell me and you're trying to get me to gist, hey, how many of you have tried it before? Uh, have you not tried asking me how was your day? And no reply after that. <laughs> it's not because I don't want to reply. There's nothing. How was your day is like goodbye to me. How was your day? Because you didn't tell me your own day. Why would you, why would you want me to tell you my own? Start telling me my day was this. What about you, sir? Oh, okay, good. Now I have something to say. Oh, this but now you start at interviewing me. Oh, there will be no response. But if you say, oh, this was how my... That is actually how to start a conversation. How many of you know that? You start by telling about yourself. When you're asking someone about himself, you are interviewing them. They become uncomfortable and defensive. Especially if the person feels they are above you. They won't answer. That's why some of you have even talked to pastors on Facebook. Nobody said anything. Do you think they're not talking to other people? Some of you have sent me say, they are Apostle Suleiman. It's me, oh. <laughs> we are your boys. Just a word. <laughs> no response. How many of you have tried talking to some people on Facebook? Some kind of dignitaries or people above, people of influence on Facebook? How many of you have tried? How many of you have got solid responses? Yeah, from all of them, just a, a few. Are they Nigerians? They are usually not Nigerians, right? I want to say they would usually not be Nigerians. Usually not be. You want to get a response from them? That's not how you do it. Especially in the African context, you can't start out by asking an African who is your elder, how are you? That's the end of the discussion. For a few days, you have to actually apologize for asking how are you. That day, I asked how are you. I thought I was talking to my classmate. So I was typing. So I just mistakenly sent it to him and said, okay, 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 okay. Ah. 
ask my elders, how are you? Because they see me as elder. Do you understand? Most of the elders around me see me as elder. So I'm young, but in their eyes, God has given me a certain place in their minds. So when I ask, how are you? They, they, they have to answer because the next thing, they want to ask for prayers. Do you understand? So it's usually better when I ask, how are you? Because then they can easily say what's happening to them. Do you get it? Yes. But if you start out asking me, how are you? I'm not trying to be an African. I just lose interest in the discussion. Because it's like, there's nothing to say, really. This person really just doesn't really have anything to discuss. You understand what I mean, right? Yeah. If you have something to discuss, you move straight. You say, please, I have something to say. Oh, okay. Now I'm interested. How many of you have ever tried that? There's something I want to ask you. I'm, immediately you say it, I'm online. What's up? Let's talk. Yeah, how was your night? I'm still sleeping. I'll respond after that. So whom do you say I am? Jesus Christ, the Savior. The Son of the Living God. Directly born from God. Directly. Directly born from God. So Jesus never had any of these things. As a child, Jesus never thought of injuring someone. I mean, we have killed insects for no reason. Or rather killed animals like lizards. The lizard was just passing on his own. Jejeli, happy, probably mating. Trying to do what God created it for. He said, you are having fornication. <laughs> You're fornicating. You will die today. And you just kill the lizards. The two of them, the male and the female, just wipe them out. Take a stone and smash them to pieces. Yeah. Some of you have killed lizards just to see the insides. Yeah. I've seen wickedness against rats. Some things will some things and when we stand before God, you'll be surprised. Because some things show a level of wickedness. Somebody showed me a video and was laughing. I said, How can you laugh about this? They tied a rat and, and, and poured fuel on it and set it on fire. I said, I said, I pray that God will do the same thing to you, small rats like you. Like God will treat you like this rat and set your life on fire. That's a beloved creature. If you want to kill it, kill it. Do you understand? But you can't be evil. You can, that's wickedness. As we, I'm, I'm sure after that, that person went to church. Praising thy Lord. Always. Probably led worship service that day. And even said, I have a testimony. I caught the person doing it to me. And I burnt them alive. So Jesus didn't think those kind of things. Yeah, the Son of God. When you think about what it means to be called the Son of God, the Son of God. You see, in your own case, you have been called sons because God closed his eyes through the blood. <laughs> if God opens his eyes, Sodom and Gomorrah may be, may be very nice. If God should open his eyes, if the blood of Jesus finishes, and God just opens the curtain and looks in Benin. <laughs> they looks at your hostel. They looks in your section. They looks in your room. And sees what your phone is viewing. All the time that people might be thinking you are having praise and worship service in the room. And you are having another form of praise. 
sexual praise. And everybody thinks that you have received I surrender. They don't know. All the times that you've lied to relatives and friends, telling them that you need money for a different thing. Because it has to be honorable. You can't tell them I need money to watch a movie. So you have to lie. Everything you know, something is happening in school, it's really, really deep. It's a big thing. I'm telling you, look, if I tell you this problem, you will sell your life for me. And you deceive the person and probably the person just has so little. And you take the person's little nothing and use it to watch a movie. Or use it to buy a phone. And that's, that's, it's because he's an older person. You don't know what they are going through. You use it to buy a phone. You use it to buy a shoe. You use it to, to eat. You don't even give a tithe. First of all, it's already criminal money anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your grace. Yes. We thank him all. I tell you where we thank him. How many times have you planned wickedness against someone? Say, you see this person, because he did this thing to me, I will not say anything. That road he wants to cross, eh? That road he wants to cross. They think there's, there's, there's water there. He won't see it. They just keep like, <laughs> you, re, you rejoice at the sorrow of another man. Jesus didn't rejoice at anybody's sorrow. There was no capacity for sin in him. But he had to be born by a woman because there is no other way God will live in the flesh. God will not animate himself. No, no, no. God had to come some way. And he had to come the legal way. Every other person that comes any other way is illegal. That is why the sons of Anak, the, or rather the angels, that came and slept with people, after they took on physical beings, they disappeared. They were never found again. Hercules was a real person. Hercules was on the meat. Hercules was the result of fallen angels. Of demons. Angel spirits that came and slept among men. Those are real beings. Minotaurs. They were real. Someone said something. To find truth, read legends. Yes. We will never understand the complexity of the demonic world. and And what demons have done to this world. Yeah. God-like men. The sons of Anak, Hercules, Alexander the Great, and many other people. These people were actually born. And the one story they all have in common, Shaka the Zulu, the African, Shaka the Zulu, the same. Shaka the Zulu was a giant man. A mighty warrior, unbelievable in power, and a very wicked person. He passed a stake through someone's anus to the mouth. Stake them like kebab, like suya. Stake them, and then cooks them. Shaka the Zulu, an Af- South African guy. The Zulus became powerful because of Shaka. He was very evil. And all of them have one story. Their father left after they slept with the mothers. All of them. They don't know their fathers. They don't know their parents. They, don't, they only know their mothers, but they don't know their fathers. So they were born with demonic capacities. Relentless. 
and then died very early for most of them. And they died foolish deaths. And most of these people knew the dwelling place of the demonics. They could go there and find them. Because they would meet with their parents in spirit. Alexander the Great, after he had conquered everybody, and he said, let's prepare for another war. And they said, there's nobody else. You have conquered from Mesopotamia to Egypt. From here to here. You have conquered the Romans. You have conquered the barbarians. You have conquered everyone. And he wept. Then he said, let us go to the land of the gods and conquer them. <coughs> nobody to fight again. He said, let's go and conquer the gods. I know their house. I will take you. We will destroy the gods and then we will take our place with the gods. Alexander moved from being a soldier to being a general to being a king to being an emperor to being a god. He was worshipped while he was alive. So determined. So determined. Alexander, eh? he was so determined. His test for victory unparalleled in this world. If we had a little bit of the determination of Alexander, we would all be great. Alexander was the one guy called the Great. His name, nobody, nobody cares for his son name. He was called Alexander the Great because of his determination. Yeah. One of the greatest things you can say about yourself is this. We are as determined as Alexander the Great. I'm telling you, in Plephane, we are as determined as Alexander the Great. Yeah, we are determined to the end. Yeah. Once Alexander the Great was at an, um, he, he wanted to conquer a certain island. He sent messengers to the guy and said, surrender peacefully and we would take over without killing anyone. You know what the guy said? The guy said, we are protected by the gods. They were really protected because they used to worship the water gods. And they were around the sea. And people who came to fight them always died. He said, we are protected by the gods. Alexander said, I give you one last chance. Because even the gods cannot stop me. He said, I will come. I will conquer the gods. Then I will conquer you. The guy laughed at him. He said, you are too boastful a man. Forgetting that you are, in, you are flesh and blood. <clears throat> you know what Alexander did? He said, I will show you my might. Then Alexander built a bridge over the sea. What those beasts? For a man to build a bridge over the sea. Do you know what it is? To build a bridge over a sea, it's like that Lagos stuff that is over the Atlantic. Yeah? Yes. That mainland bridge. He built a, a bridge. And as they were building it, men were dying. Yeah? As they were dying, he was replacing them. He told the gods, take as much as you want, but I will cross. Kill as much as you will kill. I will get there. I will spend the souls of all men because of this man. He truly spent souls. Thousands died. It took him years. He pitched his tent there. <laughs> he said, this man, I'm coming. The man kept sewing from a, excuse me, seeing from a distance. He kept seeing from a distance that the bridge was coming. One year, two years, three years. Alexander did not fight anybody for that man. 
just because the man told him he can't come. Hey! Talk to your neighbor and say, we will be as determined as Alexander the Great. Demonic levels of determination. That was what Alexander had. Angels, are, uh, de- angels and demons are very determined. They don't give up. One angel fought for 21 days. Non-stop. No breakfast. They didn't pause. Say, let's take a drink first. You know, then somebody was massaging his shoulder and telling him a new strategy. 21 days of constant battle. 21 days. We don't know how long the battle actually took because when the angel was delivering the message to Daniel, the battle was going on. The angel said, I go up to continue the fight. That battle was beyond 21 days. One angel withstanding, fighting both a, a messenger angel and Michael at the same time. For days. Probably it would have lasted 60 days. Probably. We never know how long the battle was. When we get to heaven, we'll ask Michael. Or if Michael meets you, you ask him, huh? You ask him, please, sir. I just want to ask you something. How long did that fight take that day? Michael will smile and look at you. You say, look at this scar. That's how long it took. We've been, we fought. The prince of Israel, Michael. Fought. Now, Jesus was born without any of these things. Jesus also was, was, was like these men, like Alexander the Great and the others. But what made him different was that he knew where he came from. He was with the Father. Do you understand? He was not born from lust. God did not... See, his, look what the angel said. The glory of the highest shall come on thee, shall overshadow thee, and that holy thing shall be born. Hey! Wow! I mean, all he was saying, in other words, is the anointing will fall on you, you'll be pregnant. I mean, you would, in other words, you would take it and be pregnant. You just, you just be like this one day. <laughs> you wake up, your stomach is big. The sun is in there. Kai. Turn to your neighbor and say, Jesus is wild. Jesus is wild. Wow. No sin. No sin at all. Nothing in his blood. Nothing in his blood. Ever. He had never done anything wrong before. That's the Jesus we are meant to know. You know, it's unfortunate we don't emphasize him enough. We talk so much about him. We talk around him. About him. Like, around about. Tri- we go in a triangle. We talk about all the things he did. We talk about all the power he has. But it's been a long time we just had a service. For most of us here. He just had a service where they just talked about Jesus. Just Jesus. You feel sleepy? Just Jesus. Tell your neighbor, it's not just juice, it's just Jesus. Yeah. Oh, but I said, tell your neighbor, it's not just juice, it's just Jesus. Amen. So Jesus Christ, sinless. And he said, for flesh and blood has not revealed this unto you, but my Father who is in heaven. Now, this is the amazing thing. How did... Simon receive this revelation. It's the same way today. 
you would know that the anointing is going to come on you. How? How? By observing. You see, some of us are waiting for lightning and earthquake revelation. Like, you know, some of y'all, this is what you're expecting. That when the spirit of ministry, the anointing for ministry, I told you that that the Lord told me in South Africa to come here and do this. And then he gave me something. He said I was going to distribute mantles. And I've not told you the name of these mantles, but today a mantle is being released. Yeah. Yeah. And I told you the name of the two mantles today, earlier in the introduction, didn't I? I told you. Two mantles have been released. One for one, one for another. It depends on how what you're seeing. How do you discern the person talking to you? How do you discern him? Is he another brother? Maybe one of your classmates? Maybe somebody you know from somewhere? A good friend? A nice friend? Alright? A good guy? Simple young man? Oh, he looks nice. He looks respectable. I like the guy. He's a very, very chill guy. He's dope. If you think so, even. It's simple. You know, just, just, just the basics. Just the basics. First was how Peter esteemed Jesus. Was how Peter esteemed Jesus. Second was how what Peter observed about Jesus and how he saw it. You know, it's one thing to see something, it's another thing to um, the way you perceive that thing you see, right? Do you understand me? There are some people who call, there's a certain man of God who despite all the miracles that God has worked through his life, he's called a fake pastor. Is it not true? Yeah. I mean, I, don't, I, can't, I can't mention the name. But he's called a fake pastor. No matter what he does. Why? The miracles are seen, but they are perceived a different way. This is why no Nigerian has received the anointing on his life. No Nigerian. And that is a great anointing. One day he will die, then we will know his value. That's generally how it is. One day he will die, then all of us will see that guy was something else. Do you understand that? Yeah. That's how we, that's how we are generally. So how you, how you esteem the person? Alright? Peter was observing things. Peter was observing Jesus. He looked at this guy. He said, this is no ordinary person. To some of you, we are ordinary people. It's fine. Okay, he's just a guy like me. Yeah. He's just a guy like me. He's a simple guy. I mean, we're not wearing robes. We don't have... I want to actually buy Reverend Shep with white collar. At least. Let's just be like I'm a pastor or somebody respectable. <laughs> yeah, just say, let me just buy it. Tuck it in. With my jeans and bust that. Maybe then buy one prophetic ring. Hey! As I come out like this, see, something is happening here. And then buy a good looking bling bling cross. But when you buy that, you gotta have a big belly. Yeah? So, I mean, it's not hard. All I need to do is stand a certain way and move a certain way. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. The Lord is good. Look, I tell you, I speak from my belly. <laughs> you have to see the cross because I bought it. We don't have these things. So you, do you see? How do you see us? 
How do you see it? How do you see? Yeah. You know, the disciples, until Jesus died, they, most of them never saw what Jesus, who Jesus was. Because when he was around, they esteemed him as John the Baptist. Until he died. Only Peter. And when Peter had seen it, he was told by Jesus, For thou art a rock. I see people receiving something glorious here. Let me, let, me, let me tell you what you're receiving. The church of Jesus Christ will be built on you. Yeah. The church. I see it happening practically. The church will be built on your shoulders. Yes. The church will be built on your shoulders. Anointings. Amazing pastoral, evangelistic, apostolic anointings. But you have to see things rightly. Amazing anointings. You see, even for saying this, the presence of the Lord is in this place. We know when He shows up in a certain way. Hey! Depends. It depends. Some of you have seen us to the end already. Like you've seen us finish. You know that. You know that thing. You know what I mean, right? You've seen, you've seen everything. Oh, oh. I know it's just going. Somebody said, I know anytime I come for your meeting, it's going to be nice. 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 Hey, don't come to a nice person. Go to an awesome person. Go to someone who, when you see him, you feel he's awesome. You will receive an anointing there. But if it's just a nice person, don't come. There are no nice things for people. You see what he said? Look what he said. Look what he said in the 18th verse. Look what he said. I want to show you the anointing coming on you. I want to show it to you. Are you ready to see it? Who is Jesus? If you can know who Jesus is, this is the anointing for you. Verse 18. And I say unto you that you are Peter. Hey, turn to your neighbor and say, Jesus says to you, then call your neighbor's name. You are call the person's name. Yes. You didn't dramatize it well. Let me tell you. Jesus says to you, you are peace. Tell your neighbor. You are triumphant. Yeah. He says to you. He said, I say to you. I say to you. Just because of these things, how I, how I take him, how I observe him, how I value what he does, how I value what he says. And Peter said, it was the same Peter who said to Jesus in the book of John, where else can we go seeing thou hast the word of life? Can you see how Peter valued Jesus? Can you see what, when Peter saw him, he said, no, 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 no. It was the same Peter who, the moment John said, this is the Christ. He left, he left John and started walking about with him behind. And Jesus turned back and said, what do you want from me? And he said, sir, please, where do you live? Jesus already knew. He said, these are the guys that receive. Yeah, yeah. How the mantles fall by revelation. Who is Jesus? That's why I'm teaching you about who Jesus is. They don't happen that way, any other way. 
You can pray in tongues, but if you don't see, who is this person talking to you? Who is this person talking to you right now? There's nothing really. Verse 18 says, And I say to you that you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. I see keys being released. I see keys of the kingdom of heaven being released. I see keys, keys, keys of prosperity. Keys of healing. Keys of miracles. Keys of church growth. Yes. Being released. Keys of church planting. Keys of international ministry. Yes. It will happen practically. It will happen practically. It will happen practically. Yes. Yes. It depends on how you take what we are saying. That's just the truth. He said, and whatsoever you shall bind on earth. Hey. Hey. Shall be bound in heaven. Yeah. Now you see, when many people read these things, one of the things that they think is just because it's written, it's happening to you. But there was something that caused Peter to get it. That same thing has to happen to you too. Who is Jesus? Now in this case, in many cases, Jesus now has many representatives. Who is the person talking to you? Is this the person Jesus is talking to? Are you seeing Jesus through this person? What are you seeing? Yeah. How do you esteem the words? Are they precious to you? Are they so vital? Are they life to you? Look. A lot of people are looking for a certain kind of revelation. You know, some people think that a certain kind of revelation... Look, let me tell you something. eh? There are many of us who will never have anything special happen to us. But we can do special things. Many of us will never have anything special happen to us. But we will do special things. We can't choose who is going to get the special thing. Do you understand? Who a special thing will happen... Like... Like who will have a special experience. Do you understand? You can't choose it. You can't choose it. You can't even pray for it. Because all the people who experienced it didn't really pray for it. I was on my own fasting. It's not like I asked for Jesus. I wanted to see him. But it was a hopeless prayer. Because I was told that no one ever sees Jesus. You don't pray to see Jesus. I was told so. I said okay. No problem. I just, I, just, I just decided, okay, let's just, let's just go and know him. It's not going to happen to every, everybody in a certain way. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. Yeah. More than 90% of people who have done great things. David Oyedepo said he had a five-hour trance where he was giving the words and the blueprints for ministry. Okay? But Ben Hosa didn't have a trance. He didn't have a vision. He didn't see Jesus. He didn't feel a whoosh. In most of his meetings, there was no whoosh. In fact, it was usually bland. Yeah. There was no thick atmosphere. It was just there. It was just there until he speaks. He didn't see Jesus. Who did he see? He didn't see anybody. 
He didn't see anybody. Are you getting my point? Who did who did E.W. Kenyon see? He didn't see anyone. Nada. Who did Charles Finney see? Nobody. 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 Shall we go on naming names? He didn't see anybody. You see? So I want you to know that, that just because you have not seen something doesn't mean doesn't mean that something special cannot happen through you. It depends on how you are dealing with the things that you are hearing now. How you are esteeming those that you are seeing now. Are you, are you getting what I'm saying? Yes. It's true. It's true. You may not like it, but it's true. Have you seen it? You have many options after this. That's it. That's it. Yeah. It's amazing. But that's how it is. That's how it is. That's how it is. To us, I like the way was it was it was it Peter or Paul who said it? He said, But to us he is precious. That has to be your statement. That has to be your perception. What you love rests on you. Who you love rests on you. And love is not in words. This revelation, this revelation, this revelation, this revelation, the Holy Spirit has released. An anointing called church planting and church growth to us. Yeah, I recently received it. I recently received it. Received it. You will see hereafter, just like Jesus said. He said, I am. And hereafter, you will see the Son of Man ascended. Hereafter, after this camp. Hey. Kabaya. After this camp, something will happen. Big churches will rise. Hey! Big ones. Souls to be taken into God in mighty ways. Yes. Yes. But to us, He must be precious. Yes. Praise the Lord. Yes. Listen. I was I was listening to I was listening to the wonderful Bishop Doug Hayward Mills. And one day I noticed that every day that we I I I, I heard him preaching. I'll just sit there and as he'll talk, I'll just be crying. And my 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 colleagues will say to my associates and colleagues will say, Why are you crying? He's not even saying anything emotional. I just said I like this guy. I really like this guy. Man, the guy is awesome. See, when you love people, you can't see faults. 
You can't. You can't. If you're in a relationship with someone and you can see the relationship, the fault of the lady, you have to end the relationship. Because you're not supposed to see faults. You can see the fault of the guy. You're not supposed to see faults. You're supposed to like the faults. See, the guy is crazy, Shah. Have you not heard stuff like that? Yes, it's crazy, that guy. Ah, if he gets angry, I like it. It's kind of sexy when he's angry. Kind of hot. Like you're angry. Woo. <laughs> you can't see it. You can't see faults. You are blind. You are blind. You just believe. You just love. You're like a baby. You just love. I'll just, I'll just, ah, I said, oh Lord, this is amazing. Hey, this is amazing. Hey. And then I'll call any of the guys. I'll say, oh, this guy. Hey, this guy. This is amazing. One day, an angel appeared to me and said, you love him. I give it to you from today. The Lord has given it to your heart. I did not feel anything, but I know it's in there. Ah, I know it's in there. I didn't feel I didn't feel a whoosh, I didn't feel a wishy. But that's it. What you see, what you love and how you esteem it. Well, you will receive the building. That's your sex. That's why I started with who is Jesus? The other thing is really like how do you really see Jesus? You know, many of us are not walking in the portion of Jesus. I mean, seriously, your life is supposed to be a bit miraculous. Don't you think so? Just a little bit more miraculous. A little bit more. A little, you, you can, just a little bit more. A little bit more. Why are we stop, still talking about some things? Your life is supposed to be a little bit more purer. You understand? Do you understand what I'm saying? Your lifestyle is supposed to be a bit more purer. It's supposed to be a bit gooder. A bit nicer. A bit givaristic. You understand? A bit more sanctified. Your tongue is supposed to not be able to say a certain kind of thing. But it's how you esteem Jesus. It's how you esteem Jesus. To us he is precious. It's how you esteem Jesus. Some of you... When last did you read the words? When, 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 last, when, when last did you read the words of God, of Jesus? You know, when some of us read the words of Jesus, it's just fun. It's just, it's just fun. Some of you actually endure to read it. You endure to read the Bible. Don't lie. Don't lie. When you're reading the Bible, you're just like, read your Bible, pray every day, pray every day, pray every day. Read your Bible, pray every day. Sing now. If you want to grow. If you want to grow, if you want to grow, read your Bible, pray every day, pray every day, pray every day. Read your Bible, pray every day, if you want to grow. This is why, this is why, this is why we do God, this is why we do devotion, this is why we do church. It's not even to grow, Seth. Growing would have been nice. It just let you know, be like, I'm not really a Christian. I've already started. People will be, it will be weird if I don't go to church. If I really don't do this God thing. It's going to be like, ah, Jesus, where is he going with this? Where is he going with this worldliness now? You're not going to church anymore. What will be next? What will be next? You pierce your eyes. 
Before you know it, what's next? You like a guy. If you're a guy, you like another guy. If you're a girl, you like another girl. What's next? What, what shall we do next? I said, no, 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 no. We started with church. Let's go to church. Some of your, your quiet times are so uninteresting. You know, I used to struggle. I still struggle with closing my Bible when I'm reading it. I struggle with it. So I wake up very early so that I can stay. I try to get tired. But on average, it takes quite a while to be tired. So I start. And you're reading the words of Jesus. Then you stop and look and see Jesus. You are wild. Hey. You're just amazed. Some of you have read the stories and read the stories. It's no longer fascinating. You've heard the testimonies and heard the testimonies. It's no longer thrilling. To us, he is precious. Who is Jesus? And that's why he's not having an effect on your life. That's why he's not having an effect on your heart. But you want him to have an effect on your account. It's supposed to flow from the heart to the account. But now you want from the account to the heart. Jesus will be precious if he blesses me. Jesus will be precious if he gives me money. Jesus will be precious if I can only travel to Europe. USA. Canada. Was it Canada? America. Belgium. Germany. Huh? Nobody wants to go to Limpopo. Wagadugu. Nah, Mampong. Huh? Saskatchewan. Nay, God forbid. <laughs> We're not going to Saskatchewan. <laughs> no. No, we are not going there. We're not going to Guatemala. Where are we going? We are going to London. London for what? London for medicine. Medicine for what? <laughs> That's why we're going. To you, this place is a next door heaven. Just a short way before heaven. It's London, eh? Yeah. To us, he is precious. He has to be precious to you. That's why we still wake people to go to church and still beg them to serve God. And still beg them, come and come and help us. Go and come, come join us to win souls. Help us to bring the lost in. Help us. No, 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 no. No. I'm busy. You are busy. One day, one day, you will be on a table in a mug, naked. You will not be busy. You'll be naked. Everything about you will be bare naked. They will lift up your dongle and cut it to check what was inside. The first level medical students will check it. They will open the penis. They will open everything. Cut you in pieces like, ni- like meat before they bury you. One day, that's all you'll be. But to us, he is precious. 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 All the money in the world will do nothing for you, really. 
if Jesus is not precious to you? If what Jesus has called us to be... Look, you see the way I'm talking now? I feel like... I feel like there is a John Wesley sitting here. I can't explain it. I feel the spirit of a John Wesley sitting here. Yeah, I'm serious. Because one day, John Wesley went to a certain meeting and he heard someone reading justification by faith that was written by Martin Luther King Jr. And while he was hearing the message, he said, something warmed my heart. And I said, Jesus, I will go. Maybe there's a John Wesley here. A next generation Wesley. Yeah. A Grace Wesley. A spirit filled Wesley. Maybe this teaching is that thing that will set you ablaze. Maybe. Maybe. Who knows? But to us, he's precious. If Jesus, if the message of Jesus is boring to you and doesn't thrill you, I have nothing to offer. If who Jesus is is not enough for you, I have nothing to offer you. There is no anointing other than Jesus' that is greater. Can you imagine people wanting to know about Moses' anointing and not Jesus? This is how we look at Jesus now. Jesus is like a small boy now. This is how we look at Jesus. Every other pastor is so big. Jesus is no longer big. It's no longer big. Even when Jesus says something, we say Jesus was an Old Testament prophet. That's Jesus now for us. That's the Jesus. The person that walked three to four miles on water. 51 kilometers on water. 51. In a great storm. Mercy, Lord. To us, he is precious. Is he precious to you? Ask your neighbor, is he precious to you? Yes. To us, he is precious. Matthew chapter 9, verse 6. By the grace of God, I pray that we can have a projector. And uh, a projector, I mean, it's not expensive to have a projector. Someone here can take it up. We're not, we're not looking for a big, very huge projector. A simple projector. That's when we have a meeting like this and we were called, we are called scripture. It can just be projected. Don't you think it's nice? Someone else. Someone should just take up the cause. You don't need to raise up your hand. Just say, I'll do it. That's all. That's all. That's all. But that you may know that the Son of Man has... Matthew 9 verse 6, please. Woo! How many of you like Jesus? Is Jesus nice? Too nice. It's too nice, yeah? Wow. It's been a long time. I, I mean, seriously, do you know it's been a long One time I went to preach about Jesus like this, just Jesus like this. And the pastor's wife came to me and she said, It's been a long time I heard about Jesus. Thank you. Pastor's wife said, It's been a long time. You need to see the people coming and crying and saying thank you. I mean, they had no heard of Jesus in a long time, but they were in his building. In his building. In a church. They were inside his building. But they have not heard of him. In a long time. That's how many of you are. It's been a long time. I mean, what books are you reading? What books are you reading? The words of Jesus mean less to you now. Yeah. You love Paul more than Jesus, don't you? You love Paul more than Jesus. You love Paul more than...
than Jesus. Jesus' words are in the background. You use Jesus' words as reference to Paul. Instead of using Paul as reference to Jesus. You use Paul as ref- uh, Jesus as reference to Paul. I mean, it's amazing, isn't it? 9 verse 6, please. What Jesus says, look what he says. But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. Arise, take up your bed. Then he said to the paralytic, Arise, take up your bed and go unto your house. So who is Jesus? Jesus is the one who has power on earth to forgive sins. He is the one who has power on earth to forgive sins. Wow. Amen. Yeah. He has power on earth to forgive sins. Power on earth. So there is no forgiveness of sins except in the name of Jesus, right? So there is no forgiveness except in Jesus Christ. Power on earth to forgive sins. Just swipe to the next chapter, chapter 10, and let's look at verse 23. We're not tired. We're not tired of knowing Jesus. We're not tired. Tell your neighbor, look, 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 don't give me tired vibes here. No, 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 wait, 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 no. Oh, behave like youths. I don't like the way people are not behaving like youths. Look at your neighbor and tell the person, look, guy, lady, don't give me tired vibes here. Yeah, tell the person. Behave like youths. You know, one of the things that surprises me the most is that youths become the most unuseful in many meetings. In a youth meeting, do you, know, do you know in a camp, the camp is supposed to be a meeting where people are free to be themselves. Because in a camp, there is time to teach. That's the purpose of camps, extended teachings. What we cannot do on Sunday, we do it in a camp. Do you understand? And be yourself. You just don't wear slippers to my meetings. Be yourself, but don't wear slippers to my meetings. I, I didn't say anything today, but tomorrow, don't wear slippers. Yeah, let's just look nice. Do you understand? Be nice. Look very nice. You see, what if the slippers is nice? Please. <laughs> if the slippers is nice, just <laughs> put it in your bag. The moment the meeting is on, it's over. Just stand at the door and say, finally, take off the shoe. Put it in a bag and wear your slippers. Yeah, I will still see the slippers after service and say I like it. But in, in the meeting, it's nice to wear shoes. Yeah, I'm trying to get you guys to like shoes. Because some of your feet are getting bigger than proportion. Yeah. Gibra, is it not true? Yeah, some of our feet, we are, we are reaching a zone. A point of no return. Don't look at his leg. <laughs> we are reaching a point of no return. Yeah. Shoes are generally nicer with dressing. It's not true. It's true. Even it's not true, Pity. It depends on the dressing. But I mean like generally. Generally shoes are usually nicer. You would you know you would love shoes, alright? Matthew ten verse twenty three.
ప్లీజ్ అయితే మాథ్యూ చాప్టర్ టెన్ వర్స్ ట్వంటీ త్రీ But when they persecute you in this city flee into another for verily I say unto you you shall not have gone over the cities of Israel till the son of man comes so Jesus is the son of man that is coming he's the one coming again say wow he's the one coming again It's not an angel that is coming. We're not expecting an angel. We're expecting Jesus himself. It's the one coming again. And we will not live like he's not coming. Do you understand? Yeah. 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 Wow. Isn't that amazing? It's very amazing. I believe Jesus is amazing. Don't you believe so? Jesus is amazing. He's he's wonderful. He's very amazing. I love Jesus. Just take a moment to tell him you love him. Just a moment. Take a moment. Tell him you love him. Tell him. Let him know you love him. Don't mean words. Tell him I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. Tell him. Come on. Let him know you love him. He's in this meeting. Tell him. Come on, guys. Wonderful Jesus. Some of you don't even have many words to tell him anymore. It's been long. It's been long. You just talk to Jesus. It's been long. His blood. Come on. Adore him. Come on, adore him. Adore him. Is Jesus in my soul? He's precious. Hallelujah. We worship you, Lord. Oh, you are Jesus. Yeah. You are wonder. You are wonderful. You are wonderful. You are wonderful. Don't stop worshiping him. Don't stop worshiping. Casa bara degede.
Jesus. It's Jesus. He's the one in my soul. It's not a man. It's not a woman. It's not a book. It's not money. It's not my career. It's Jesus in my soul. Hey, Shaba. Shabalade. 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 Oh, Laba Shalabade. Shalabade. Yes, Shalabade. Shalabade. He's the one. He's the one in my soul. He's in my soul. Hey! Kilabalabalaba. Lobolobo seledege. Hey! Shabala. You're in my soul. Thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Matthew chapter 17. Matthew chapter 17. It is Jesus in my soul. It's not money. Where is is money? You can't be in my soul. It's not a man. It's not a man. It's not a woman that's in my soul. It's not a boy or a girl, an uncle or an auntie. It's not Vista that is in my soul. There is one in my soul. Tell your neighbor who's in your soul. Ah, Jesus is in my soul. Hey, he's in my soul. He's in my soul. He's the savior of my soul. How many of you know the song? Savior of my soul. I give you full control. Wherever you may lead, I will follow. I have made one choice. That's to listen to your voice. Wherever you will lead, I will go. Yes, you're the shepherd of my soul. You know what it means to call him the shepherd of your soul? You know what it means? You know what it means? To call him the shepherd of your soul? It means he's in front and you're behind. And where he walks, you walk. Where he stays, you stays. Where he sleeps, you sleep. What he eats, you eat. What he wants, you want. Where he stays, you stay. If he doesn't want something, I don't want it. If he doesn't like it, I don't like it. The whole world may be against what I like. But if Jesus likes it, it's fine. Yeah, that's the shepherd of my soul. Hey! That's the shepherd of my soul. The shepherd of my soul. We need to come back to such a faith. To such a Christian life. Where he's the real shepherd of my soul. Where money is no more the shepherd. My career is no more the shepherd. My business is no more the shepherd. All the things that I want and don't want are no more the shepherd. But the shepherd of my soul is Jesus. If it's in poverty, I'll be there. If it's in prosperity, I'll be there. If it's in sickness, I'll be there. If it's in death, I'll be there. But he's the shepherd of my soul. Wherever he leads, eh? if it's the valley of the shadow of death, I will walk and fear no evil. For he is with me. The rod and his staff, they comfort me. I know that he will prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Oh, Jesus. That we may truly love you. 
that you will truly be the shepherd of our souls. Hey, who are you to us? That you will truly, truly, truly be the shepherd of our souls. Oh. Jesus, Lord, to me. Jesus, Lord, to me. Matthew chapter 17, verse 9 and verse 12. Matthew chapter 17, verse 9 and verse 12. Who is Jesus? Verse 9. And as they came down from the mountain, Jesus charged them, saying, Tell the vision to no man until the Son of Man be risen again from the dead. Jesus is the one that rose again from the dead. Jesus is the one that rose again. The Bible calls him the first begotten from the dead. You know, it's amazing. Many people were raised from the dead when Jesus was there. But do you know why he was called the first begotten of the dead? Wasn't Lazarus raised first? Lazarus, in fact, before Lazarus, huh? there was the, the miracle of Elijah. Isn't it? There was a miracle in the Old Testament. Elijah raised the dead. Elisha raised the dead too. Isn't it true? How then can we call Jesus Christ the firstborn from the dead? The centurion's servant was not dead. A 12-year-old girl, Talita, was raised from the dead. How then can we call Jesus the firstborn from the dead? Because he's the one that rose and never died. You see, Lazarus died later. Talita grew old and died. But Jesus. But Jesus. But Jesus. Hey. Turn to your neighbor and say, Jesus is wild. Hey. Wild. That should be our hashtag today on WhatsApp. Jesus is wild. That's why he's called the first begotten from the dead. For your information. Because some of you haven't understood it. You've been wondering, how could Jesus be the firstborn from the dead? But many people were raised before Jesus. Many, many, many people were raised before Jesus. Many, many, many people came back to life. There were those recorded in the Bible and those not recorded in the Bible. There were many people raised from the dead. But Jesus was the one who rose and didn't die anymore. When he rose up, he woke up. <laughs> yeah. When he rose, he woke. You know, one day I was thinking... I was called to come pray for someone who died. And while I was going, Lord, the Lord said to me, the Lord said, you pray for this person, they will rise, but they will die again. I said, Lord. And the Lord said, that power is not yet available to you. He said, because I'm the first from the dead. When I rise, I don't die. Hey! I said, Lord, we can't match your anointing. We, look, Lord, you are in a class. We are not admitting. We, we admit we are nothing. Yeah. When he rose, no, he didn't die anymore. What an anointing. What an anointed Jesus. What an anointed Jesus. Look at verse 12. Matthew 17 and verse 12. Like I said, if you feel sleepy, you want to stand up, you should stand up. I don't want to see sexy eyes. I don't want to see unconditional half past four eyes. Something just happens and it looks like this and you tell me this is the way I was born. I don't believe it. <laughs> yeah. Your eyes are red and you tell me this is how you're naturally... Did you smoke weed before coming? Your eyes are not naturally red. Okay. 
if you feel sleepy, you want to stand, okay? You can't sleep when we talk about Jesus Christ. You can sleep when talking about me. You can sleep when talking about economics. You can sleep when talking about your causes and your degrees. Or you can't sleep when we talk about the most important person in your life. Look what verse 12 says. But I say unto you that Elijah is come already and they knew him not. But I've done unto him whatsoever they desired. Likewise also the Son of Man shall suffer of them. Jesus is the most unrecognized person in the world. Yeah? Up till today, people still don't recognize Jesus. Even the Jews. And he has suffered many things at the hands of those who don't recognize him, isn't it? Yeah? Before some of us recognized him, didn't he suffer many things? Yeah. Jesus is not recognized. He's not easily recognized. You know, I was just thinking one day, why the cross? Have you ever thought about it? Why the cross? You know, it could have been something safer. It could have been something better. I think God has some kind of projector technology he could have used. And Jesus will appear in the sky all over the world. And you say, I'm Jesus, I'm the Lord of all. I mean, more people would have been saved. What do you think? More people, really, would have been saved than today. If something out of the sky appears every once a year, it comes. I am Lord! Believe in me! And then the face goes back. And beards form, you know, his beards are formed by ravens flying in the air, forming beards. Ah! <laughs> I mean, people would have been saved <laughs> in droves. Why the cross? Why something so shameful? If you read the Bible in the book of Matthew, the Bible says he was stripped naked. You know, we always see that message of Jesus in re, You know, that scene of Jesus on the cross. And then we see him wearing one small panty that he tied like rapper. Jesus was naked. Actually, Jesus was naked. I mean, Jesus was stuck but naked. Hanging naked. Hey! Why the cross? Why? For there is no remission of sins except by the shedding of blood. People would believe in God if He appeared in the sky, but their sins will not be forgiven. You see it? Do you see it? Are you there? Have you gone home? Ask your neighbor, are you there? Have you gone home? Are you hungry? There is no remission of sins except by the shedding of blood. There's no, no one who will soon have another wee wee break before have our 
final third session for the day. And tomorrow, we're going to be coming here by 7 a.m. By 7 a.m. So that we can have a great time together. Amen. Have you been blessed? Have you received something tonight? Uh, yeah. I mean, Jesus could have appeared in several ways. A sand could have formed on the earth and spoken from the ground. See? A gigantic meteor with a face would appear. The sun would have announced so many means for salvation. So much. There, there are things Jesus could have done that didn't need his death. He could have appeared in every nation coming down on a ladder with people singing, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. And he will just come down with his robe and his throne. And he will just step down to the United States, touch down at the embassy. Say, I just came from up there. I'm the king of glory. But they would have believed. But no sins will be forgiven. If he had come in all his glory also, no one would have accepted to kill him. No one would have accepted to kill him. How do you kill someone so, so awesome? You know, something that's so too awesome to touch. Do you understand? Too awesome. If he had come in his glory... Who would kill someone so mighty, so amazing? I mean, the kings would be, would be too afraid. So he came as a lowly nobody, as a servant, then died bare naked. Died but naked. Ah! It's amazing. Died but naked for you and I. He's the one people recognize the least. He's the one people forget the, world, the most. Look at the whole world. Forgotten what he did for them. That's why we have to go. That's why God wants all of you to be pastors. That's why God wants you to go somewhere and do something for him. You know, have you ever wondered what would be if I become a pastor really? What's the, what, what can be? What can be? Is this all you're here for? Is this really all you're here for? To be an aerospace contractor? To sell bread? And other chewables? To own a company? To work in a company? To cure HIV? Is, 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 is that really it? Things that matter for a moment. But have no eternal value. You know, even if people are cured of HIV, they'll still die. Sometimes I just wonder why people run for the healing anointing when they'll still die, really. Sometimes I wonder. I want to pray for sick people sometimes. Just like, do you know you still die? <laughs> you still die after you get healed, after you're no more crippled, you still die. You still die one day. One day you still leave this world unless you grasp the revelation of immortality. And because we don't even believe Jesus like this, we don't believe him without filters anymore. We have so many filters for who Jesus is now because we don't believe him like that. 
we can't even grasp those things like immortality. Because even the person of Jesus is no longer meaningful to us. Who is Jesus? He's the one people really don't recognize. He's the one people don't appreciate for what he has done. So how can, how can the son of glory be stuck naked? He didn't even have sex. Now he's naked. He's naked. Someone who never had sex, never fornicated, never touched a woman the wrong way, never looked at a woman and wanted to touch her body sexually. Yet he was stuck naked. Stuck. Stuck. Jesus tried though. I will come down from that cross. Me? Come down first, slap Anas. <laughs> you know, when you, when you, how many of you have watched, uh, uh, um, What's the name? Doctor Strange. Or if you've watched the, the new Endgame, Avengers. When that lady sl- punched the Hulk in the chest and took separated Bruce Banner from Hulk. If you've not watched it, you don't know. Watch it. Come and meet me later. I have it. Come and con- consult me. Come to my. Come and meet me. But if you watch that film this period, you will miss many things. Because it's a long movie. You don't need to watch it now. But you can ask for it later. Or if you've watched Doctor Strange, where she smacked his spirit out of him. Just smack the guy. They let him see me in my glory in the spirit when I slap him. As you slap him, bah, he comes out. Hey, it's him. Come back, come back. He's Lord. He's Lord. I'm telling you, I saw him. Ah, what I would do. Jesus tried though. Don't ask your neighbor if it's you, will you stay on that cross? At least you ask for boxers. If you want to even stay, ask for boxers. You can't see me naked now. Come on. Hey, after all I've done, after all the good I've done, I did good that governments could not do. Jesus provided what governments could not provide. He provided what doctors could not provide. He provided the things that lawyers couldn't give. And they still stripped him naked. He's the one people are very easy. The one that people are least grateful to in the world. Least grateful to. Died for everyone and now they are saying they don't believe in him. And now they are saying every religion is a means to him. And now they are saying Jesus is one of the masters. Hey! I tell you, eh? I tell you, Jesus has been through a lot. Jesus, even in his death, even in his resurrection, he's still been going through a lot. Who is Jesus to you? Revelation chapter 1. Who is Jesus? Wow. Is this not a nice teaching? Is it nice? Yes, if you knew, if you knew and still know who Jesus is, you can preach salvation. But the reason why many of us are always wondering what is the real salvation message to preach is because you don't know Jesus. You're looking for a kind of message that if you preach it, everybody will repent. Who is Jesus? Who is Jesus? If you know him, you can talk about him. Who is Jesus? All the things I'm telling you about him. All the things I'm telling you about him. If you even know those those things. Just those things. I mean, that's what will bring an anointing to your life. Knowing Jesus. As I'm telling you, some of you after this, you, you, 
Even during the break, you didn't review what I said. By, by the way, the messages are available. The moment we are done, ask for the message. John 1 verse 4 and verse 5. John 1. Sorry, I'm sorry. Revelation 1. I'm sorry. Sorry, Gabriel. Sorry, everybody. Alright. Somebody should have shouted Revelation now. People are too quiet and unyouthful. You know, sometimes I prefer talking to old people. You know, sometimes old people are more lively. It's amazing. Young people, quiet. Solemn. Is it because of what I'm saying? It's not a solemn assembly, you. How many of you have ever had a solemn assembly? How many of you have ever attended a service called solemn assembly? Can I see your hand? We've been there. They will not know. Have you attended a solemn assembly service? One of the worst meetings you can attend in your life. You will cry from the beginning of the service to the end. Oh, we have sinned against you. What did we do? (laughs) Please. You just cry to a point. You just say, God, I don't know what I've done, but please, sorry, I mean, I've seen I don't know. <laughs> I forgive. John 1, verse 4 and verse 5. John, Revelation 1, because I'm seeing John's name in verse 4, so it's getting there. John to the seven churches which are in Asia. Grace be unto you, and peace. From him who is. Jesus is him who is. He is the present. He is not present. He is him who is. He is the present. And who was. He is the past. Sakaba. Hey, CCV. Go on, keep reading. And who is to come. He is the future. And from the seven spirits who are before his throne. The seven spirits are before Jesus' throne. Hey! Wow! I thought somebody would shout. Am I the only one who feels like shouting? Hey! I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how we see the Bible. <laughs> hey, give me water. I'm testy. This thing has made me testy. Ay, 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 ay. Thanks, brother. Alright? And from the seven spirit who are before his throne. Now verse 5. And from Jesus Christ. Who is the faithful witness? So Jesus Christ is who? The faithful witness. Jesus Christ is the faithful witness. You see, verse 4 actually speaks of God. But everything God is, Jesus is. Do you get it? The Bible calls him the express image of the Father. Yeah. So that's why you notice in the fifth verse it says, and from Jesus Christ. So he was talking of God, but you can't know God without knowing Jesus. Because every feature of God is the feature of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Yes. So Jesus is the faithful witness. And the first begotten of the dead. We've already talked about that, but write it down. He's the first begotten of the dead. 
My God. Who is Jesus really? Who is he again? And the prince of the kings of the earth. If you know Jesus, Trump is not important. He is the prince of kings. You know what it means? You know, when someone says, I am the prince of the kings, he's not saying that he's the prince from the kings. Do you understand? It means like, there's a king. Huh? He's the prince of that king. Then him that is a prince, he has kings under him. Do you get it? He's the prince of the kings of the earth. Who understands that? So he's the prince of the king of Nigeria. He's the prince of the king of USA. He's the prince of the queen of England. He's the prince. That means you are super connected though. Hey! Tell your neighbor, guy, guy, there's connection here. There is some connection to Jesus. Vital connection. Serious connection. The prince of the kings of the earth. You know, to some of you, Jesus is not that high. Yeah. Some of you value presidents more than Jesus. I tell you, it's how we are. I tell you. Jesus is not, Jesus is not like, Jesus doesn't really have that kind of level to you. To you, Jesus is like below precedence. To you, Jesus is like equal to some precedence. Yeah. There's a way we don't regard him. I don't know if you understand. There's a way we don't regard him. As the prince of the kings. Hey! Prince of the kings. How comfortable will you feel just knowing Jesus? And not knowing any other king in this world? Oh. I don't need to know Trump. But if I know Jesus, when I appear at the embassy, one day they will welcome me. It's, it's how it is. It's just, why? I mean, I mean, one time I was watching a video and I saw one, one great man of God coming into a country. And I saw the president of the country. First, no, first, um, uh, that was Yongi Cho. He came to Ghana. When he arrived Ghana, huh? the, what was his name, the ambassador, welcomed him, took him in the president's car, then drove him to the president's, the presidential palace. And then as he came in, all the ministers and senators were, and the, the ministers, they are, they are not senators, all the ministers and prime minister were lined up one by one. Welcome, sir. Welcome, sir. Welcome, sir. Until the president who finally said, welcome, sir. And then when he got in, all of them were in a round table. When he got in, they all stood until he sat down. Nobody was standing for Yongi Cho. They were all standing for Jesus. Nobody was standing for Yongi Cho. Who is he? They were all standing for Jesus. Because the Jesus in the man, eh? Man, he knows Jesus. He knows Jesus. Because Jesus is the prince of the kings. I see you being honored by kings because of the prince of the kings. Don't raise your hand too high. Watch the fan. I see you. No, this one I'm telling you is practical. Shapaka. Shekeritabahase. Kings. The kings of the earth. They shall bring their gold to thy temples. Yeah. Hey! Yeah. I see the honor of kings upon you. Yeah. From today, you will no longer seek the honor of kings. Yeah. 
from today. That thing that makes you see men as extraordinary. That thing that makes you honor the kings of this world. And fear them like they are something. The prince of the kings of the earth is taking that dominion in your heart. You will walk into countries one day. One day. You will walk into a country as a pastor. Presidents will welcome you. Mayors will welcome you. Governors will welcome you. I see you in the in the Bahamas. No, 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 no. I'm saying this seriously. I I mean this. I see you in the Bahamas. As you walk in, the mayor is waiting for you. Yes. The leaders of the nation want to have a roundtable discussion with you. I see you there. I see you. I see you in Italy. I see you in Italy. I see the president of Italy walking up to you and saying, Welcome to our country. It is an honor to have you. I see you in Argentina. About to hold a meeting. And the president is not welcoming you for business. He's not welcoming you for your ideas. He's welcoming you for the prince of the kings of the world. You may be seated. He is the prince of the kings of the world. The prince of the kings of the world. That's Jesus. That's Jesus, man. Of the yet. Mm. Unto him that loves us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. Hey, he loved us. He loves us. He didn't say loved us. He loves us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. This is who Jesus is. This is who Jesus is. Continue. Verse 6. And has made us a kingdom of a kingdom and priests unto God and his father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Behold, he comes with clouds. And every eye shall see him. So you see, even what I was telling you about Jesus showing up in a cloud, it's going to really happen one day. But he knew that before that time, people would not be saved by an appearance in a cloud. They would have to be washed in his own blood. Ah, Jesus is amazing. And every eye shall see him. And they also who pierced him. And all tribes of the earth shall wail because of him. Even so. Amen. 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 Verse 8. I am Alpha and Omega. Hey! Katabalaka mateleburra katalamande. Hey! Let's worship him one more time. Come on, come on, come on. Shibaragada. Oh, ship Jesus. Yes, Jesus. 
Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Adore him. Hey, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Adore him. Worship him, worship him. Worship him calmly, everybody. Just worship him calmly. Let your emotions rise to him. Just adore him. Adore him. Don't stop worshiping him. He's worthy. He's worthy of that worship. Let worship come out of your belly. Alpha and Omega. That's his name. 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 Come and feel Shababa. Let the Son of God enfold you. Let Him enfold you. Let Him fill your heart and satisfy your soul. Let Him be more precious than silver and gold. Let Him be more precious than money. More precious than food. More precious. More precious. More precious. More precious. In Jesus' name, praise the Lord. I am Alpha and Omega, he said. Wake him up. Are you awake now? It's okay to sleep sometimes. It might be actually a revelation. God wants to show us. But we just want to show it's a revelation. That's why we're waking you up. You might be going somewhere in heaven. Who knows? I am Alpha and Omega. So Jesus is whom? Who's Jesus? Yeah. And the next. What does Alpha mean? You know, Jesus didn't say, I am the Alpha. There's a difference. Between the Alpha and being, between saying I am the Alpha and the Omega and saying I am Alpha and Omega. What does Alpha mean? First. Right? Yeah. What does Omega mean? So Jesus is not the first and the last. He is first and last. Do you get it? There's a difference. I'm sure the, the language and the structure, lexis and structure, 
means something to you, right? He is first and last. He's not the first. It's not like there was a competition. When he arrived, there was a definition of first. It was Jesus. There was a definition of last. It was Jesus too. He's the very definition of it. Now you see why I told you that what God is, Jesus is. The next thing is, is what? The beginning and the end. What is he? The beginning and the end. And the ending. It's not just the beginning and the end. It's the beginning and the ending. Is Is there a meaning to that? I think there is, right? Is anybody here who understands language and structure, those English things very well? Can somebody explain that when you say someone is beginning and the ending? You know, in Alpha and Omega, he didn't say, I am D. But when he came to beginning and ending, he said, I am D. I am D beginning and D ending. There are other beginnings and other endings, but he is D beginning and D ending. Ending. Not end itself. The ending. The process of something being finished is it. That's why I'm telling you something. What God has started in your life, He will finish it. Yes. You see this meeting? The beginning and the ending is here. Be in that meeting. Stay, 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 stay. Let your spirit stay. Said, I am the Lord who was, who is, and who is to come. And look whom he also said he is. The Almighty. Are you still there? Revelation 1.8 The Almighty Write it down Jesus is the Almighty Are you tired of knowing about Jesus please? I see you guys are tired Alright I'm going to stop I thought someone would say don't stop But I can see that everyone is tired Huh? You guys don't have the endurance anymore to stay in the word of God for a long time. I don't know. Let's look in John chapter 10. John chapter 10. Stand up for a moment. Stand up for a moment. Let us pray in tongues for a minute. Pray in tongues, pray in tongues, pray in tongues. Please don't raise your hands too high. Pray in tongues. Pray in tongues. Baba 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 Baba
Are you asking him to speak to you in this meeting? Do you need his wisdom? Do you need it? Or are you here for any other person? Are you here for something more? Can this moment be a destiny defining moment? One word from God will change everything. One word. Well, are you asking him to speak to you? One word. If you grasp who Jesus is, I tell you. Your heart is there. Are other things your concern? Is he speaking to you today? Is your heart so fixed on Jesus that not even how you feel can stop you? Not even what's going on in your body can change it. Is your heart silently listening? Who is this Lord we're asking to speak to? That's who I'm introducing you to. him to speak to you. You can whisper his speech. Through your word. It's through his word he will speak to you today. No, as no special thing will happen through his word. Through his word. He will not lay hands on you. He will lay words on you. He will speak to you. Ask him to speak to you. Through your word, speak to me. Speak to me through your word. Speak to me through your word. I don't want to make the mistake and assumption. This time around, let there be something definite. I've been to too many of these kinds of things. Maybe, maybe I've heard so much. Speak to me, Lord. It's enough. It's enough. Speak to me, Lord. Lord, you know my heart. If your word is what it is, speak to me, God. Tell him, tell him. He's hearing you. Holy Spirit is hearing you. Speak to me. 
speak to me. Are you listening? Tell him I'm listening. I'm listening. Speak to me. All these things I've seen, I've been saying. Praise the Lord. All these things I've been saying. Tiredness can make you lose it. All these things. You can begin to concentrate on your body and be tempted. And be tempted. Yeah. But if you are listening, if you are listening, that word will come to you. Do you want to know? Okay, let me finish reading this to you. Are you you ready for this? Matthew chapter 10 and verse 7. You know all we've been talking about for a whole day. Can you believe that someone can talk a whole day about who is Jesus? John chapter 10 rather, verse 7. John chapter 10 verse 7. Can you believe that someone has been talking a whole day about just Jesus? Isn't that amazing? Isn't that a blessing? Say it's a blessing. Yes. Shake the sleep out. Don't lose, don't lose what God has for you. Mantles are still... You know, at the moment where you're most tired is probably when a mantle is coming. That one moment you'll be distracted. Like, imagine Elisha just decided to look at the ground. And he got up and Elijah was gone. That would have been it. Yeah. Verse 7. John 10, 7. Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. Who is Jesus? Jesus is the door of the sheep. Wow. Who knew there was so much about Jesus? (laughs) So much, right? I am the door of the sheep. So Jesus is the door of the sheep. That means he is the... He's the means, you know, in those days, there was, I don't know if there's still a sheep pen today, where sheep are kept. And when you open it, that's the only way for sheep to come out and for sheep to go in. Jesus Christ is the only way for you to come out and to go in of anything. To come out of your struggle, you need the door of the sheep. To go into his blessing, you need the door of the sheep. Yeah. To come out of an unanointed life. Look, the anointing is the anointing and it's obvious. If the anointing is not on your life, it's obvious. No matter how you try to confess, I'm anointed. It's there. It's either there or it's not working. Do you understand? It's either working or it's not. There's no pretext about it. Oh, I'm anointed. Okay. Okay. I remember a certain pastor. This guy, certain woman said... No pastor is welcome to have a meeting in this place. I'm the, I'm the, I'm the leader of this place. And uh, this, was, this, was, this was on the news. So a certain country I went. I saw the newspaper with my own eyes. And the pastor said, that's nonsense. He was saying so many things. And then he went to have a meeting in the place. And the woman came into the meeting. And she touched his head. And he fell to the floor. Alright, he fell to the floor and stayed at her feet and she stepped on his head and said, what did I tell you? Don't come to my city. Look, there is either power or there is none. 
some of you because of the little crumbs you're seeing you you don't even know what the real anointing is you know most of you don't really know what's the anointing okay ask your neighbor what is the anointing have you thought about it what really is the anointing have you really thought about it before what is the anointing What is the anointing? Because, 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 what did you say? Say it, say it. Empowerment. You say that. What else is the anointing? Yes, please. Enablement, empowerment is actually potato, potato. Yeah, what is the anointing? Who else? Come on, fear not, speak. It's better to be wrong than to have something in your heart. Uchi, what's the anointing? Thank you for standing up. It's the power of Jesus walking through our lives. Great. What's the anointing? Huh? Ah, great. What's the anointing? An ability to cause change. Mahatma Gandhi must have been heavily anointed. (laughs) I mean... And you know, I would like to say this. Because he didn't even say positive or negative change. We are just going to assume change is change. Adolf Hitler was powerfully anointed then <laughs> because he killed and caused the death of 50 million people. That's an anointing. Because he caused major change in the world. If, in case you don't know it, most of the reasons why things are happening today in the world is because of World War II. Because of what Hitler did today. That's why tyrants are being killed. Because they don't want to hear another one comes up. But another one will still rise. Because history would always repeat itself. It's never there's, there's going just be, just in case you don't know this, there's going to be another World War Three. It's coming soon. I hope that our children and our children's children wouldn't be around. That's all. But when it comes, it will be bloody. There's another one. I hope we will not even be around. Those of you like me who are looking forward to a certain kind of immortality. Ah. Uh, that's all I have to say. Ah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's all I have to say, okay? We'll be here to see those things. If we believe. Acts chapter number 10 and verse 38. What is the anointing? Acts chapter 10 and verse 38. We're going to all read it together. If you are there, say Amen. Okay, I'm going to wait for you. Acts chapter 10 and verse 38. Fear dear, say amen. We're going to soon have have another wee-wee break. This is going to be for 15 or 10 minutes. Just to stretch your legs and, you know, shake some sleep out of you. Get yourself some refreshment and all that. If any of you here sells anything, why don't you come here and sell? You guys don't think of business, huh? It's good. You can come here and sell biscuits, yeah? Sell nice things or just give. I mean, do you have to even sell? Can't you just buy and say, I want to give it to everybody? Think about it, huh? Think about it. This is going to be our first camp where we're not thinking of providing for anyone because it's a camp that involves sacrifice. Sacrifice and the anointed walk hand in hand. Acts 1038. Can we all read it together? Want to go? Stop there. 
how God anointed Jesus with what? Holy Spirit and power. What is the anointing? Goodness, what is the anointing? The Holy Ghost and power. That is the anointing. That's literally... I mean, God anointed Jesus with just these things. The Holy Ghost and power. That's the anointing. Every other thing is really just very, very powerful statements. Do you understand? It's a way of explaining this. This is the anointing. Who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. How many? How many madmen do we pass every day? For God was with him. See, when the anointing is at work, it's obvious. It's obvious. Look, how many of you honestly are just tired of pretending to be something that you're really not seeing? Just raise up your hand. If you're tired, like, you're really just tired of the era of pretext. Huh? Yeah. Something that is not there. Let's just say it's not working. No. <laughs> we need solution. Yeah. We're tired, ain't it? We're tired of, saying, of talking about things we're not experiencing, right? How many of you are tired of that? Can I see your hand up? You're not tired? You don't understand the question? You've experienced everything. That is a lie. You have not experienced everything. What? So you've raised the dead? You've experienced it in your body. You died. You died, huh? And you were raised from the dead. But that's not how to be anointed now. That is you receiving anointing. I don't know if you get the point. Look. Sometimes it's good to get to be clarified on things, okay? Okay? Being raised from the dead is not being anointed. As a matter of fact, <laughs> it's the guy who is anointed that raises the dead, right? Okay, you get that, right? Yeah? Okay. Now, I'm not saying that raising the dead is a big ish. I hope you understand me. But how about if we experience it all of us together? Huh? What about that? Is there anything, ask your neighbor, is there anything wrong with that? What's wrong? What's wrong? What's wrong? I mean, we are tasty. Please, we need wine. We need wine. Is there anything wrong with just turning this thing to wine? I mean, we would all just buy ever. People be wondering why we are buying bottles of ever in our house. <laughs> a smile. <laughs> They can never understand. We'll fetch water. We'll fetch water from the well. We're not going to fetch it from somewhere. We'll fetch it from the well. Put it in drum. Huh? Lay hands on it. Wear your shoe. Wear your shoe. Your feet are naked. Wear your shoe. Huh? Okay. What are we what are we going to do? We will do. Oh, I know some of you. Drunkards. Drunkards, you, you look innocent until that time comes. Teacher T, you're welcome, sir. And then I'm seeing you bringing a bottle of unopened ever that is wine. You see, I, I see how this, sir, don't worry. You know, it's Jesus. <laughs> this is how we just thank him for his goodness. Listen, what do you think? We just take it for communion only. Your communion is every day. Morning, afternoon, night, one bottle full. <laughs> yeah. Do you know the anointed wine in those days 
that Jesus turned into wine was alcohol. Pure shekbe. I mean, Jesus, Jesus gave people whiskey, <laughs> alcohol. Yeah. yeah. The process, the, the process of taking away alcohol from wine is very hard. It's very hard. This was the wine in existence. Do you understand that? Yeah. So, I don't know if you get the points. I don't know if you get what I'm trying to say. Alright, look. I'm not saying that... that is there anybody here who has no experience? All my sons here who are truly sons have experienced many supernatural things. If, if you have experienced many supernatural things, raise up your hands. I mean, there's nobody around me who has not experienced many... Some things that will even blow our minds, right? Yeah, we've experienced... Is it money we've not seen up yet? Is it food that has not appeared? Hey! We've experienced a lot too. But honestly, we know. We know that when we see him, we shall truly be like him. <laughs> and that's the only thing I can say. You understand? So it will not be like I'm trying to underrate ourselves. But we know that when we see him, truly, we are not, we are not that measure. We are not that measure. You get the point, right? Yeah. I mean, Christ is fully in us, but he's not fully manifest through us. He's fully in us, but it's not fully manifest through us. We would know it if it's working. You would know. You, you, will, feel, you will feel the throbbing pain. Even the small, the small food that I ate, the small thing, the small portion, I can feel the throbbing presence of God. I can feel the throbbing presence of God in my being. I can feel it. I can feel it. I remember one day I was in prayer. And as I was praying and praying and praying, suddenly a friend, a pastor friend of mine, went to pray with me. And normally I don't like to pray with people. I like to pray on my own. Because when I have experiences, it's usually too weird for people. I don't pray with people. I don't I don't I, I really I, I enjoy praying on my own. All this communal pray, communal prayer. Let's hear the word of God. Go and do what you want to do with it. That's me. That's me. I believe the word of God is actually more important than prayer. But what I know is that if the word of God is the word of God that enters your heart, you will pray. I don't know if you get the point. The way you will pray, hi. The way you pray, especially, do you know? Every time you truly see the word of God, the first thing is to show you who you are not yet but who you were made to be. And that will make you pray. Are you there? Who you are not yet and who you were made to be. While I was praying, is one of my, one of my members, she was sick. And she was having, she was having multiple diseases that were too big. I mean, so one person headache is fine. Malaria is okay. But this lady had multiple... She had an infection in her chest. She had a perforated liver, waterlogged liver. Her kidney was moderately damaged. She had chronic kidney disease, stage 3A. She had water in her belly. It was big. She had um, 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 UTI, urinary tract infection. And severe anemia. One person, Satan, I beg. 
<laughs> Satan is wild. When Satan can find a door, he doesn't stop. Only you can have AIDS, gonorrhea, syphilis, tuberculosis, malaria, and common cold. You see, <laughs> the small horse will still join. And then I went to her and I ministered to her. And she will feel the power of God and she will not be healed. And I ministered and ministered. And one day, I called my pastor in Portacot, one of the fathers that trained me. And I complained to him. I said, Dad, look, I have a problem. I've tried everything. Look, all my anointing, eh, all the things I know, even in the spirit, I have left my body and prayed for her. Nothing. She's not getting better. She's getting worse. She was on life support at that time. And she's from South Africa. How can I lose one of my international members? No! No! Hey! Then he said something. He said, if you don't know what else to do, plead her case. He said, plead her case? I said, yes. Then I remembered that there was a certain great man of God who spoke about pleading a case. Kenneth Hagin. He said, one of the members of his church was a construction man. And he fell from about the length of ten stories and broke his skull. And broke most of the bones of his body. And he was in intensive care unit. And he prayed and nothing happened. And the Lord said to him, plead his case. Now this man, he was there. He was there in the guy's room for, a quite, for quite a number of days. And while he was there in the guy's room for quite a number of days, one day, guess what happened? He said, you know, this guy appeared before Jesus. And he was welcomed to heaven. And while they were walking together, Jesus said to the man, I want to show you something. And the man said, oh yeah, okay, I want to see. And Jesus opened a curtain. And, in the, and when he opened the curtain, guess who was there? The man was on the bed in ICU. And Kenneth Hagin was sitting next to him with a Bible pleading his case. He said, Lord, you can't let him die. He's one of the titans in my ministry. Look, this guy is the best giver we have. If he goes, if he goes, there will be a problem. Please, he has to come back and give. And he heard Kenneth Higgins pleading his case. He will open the Bible. He will say, you said in the book of Mark chapter 11, you said in the book of this, this man has to come back. I need him here. I need him here. He has to come. He's not going anywhere. And you know what Jesus said? Jesus said, I'm sorry, but you have to go. In fact, when he saw Kenneth Higgins praying for him, he felt so much compassion. But he said, I don't want to leave heaven. But Jesus said, this man has pleaded your case. And the matter is resolved. You have to go back. Somebody say, wow. Wow. And the man's man's spirit was escorted back to his body and he came back to himself and opened his eyes and his fracture was healed and his body was resolved within a period of time yeah it was healed what was that that was jesus actually that was a man standing in gap in the gap for someone praise god do you understand me yeah turn to your neighbor and say plead someone's cause Yes. Plead. It's it's a very very powerful thing to understand. To plead one's case. To plead one's case. Plead one's case. And so while I was there, I was praying, 
and I was just speaking in tongues. And then I just remembered, plead her case. So I started pleading. I opened one verse of the scripture. You said in your word, I shall not die, but I shall live to declare the works of the Lord. This girl is my church member. She's about to die and has not done any works for you. Lord, she hasn't given money to build a church. She hasn't even tithed yet. She's one of the stingy ones. I have to free her first from stingy. Ah, I told him. Look, and I quoted, I quoted, I quoted. And as I was quoting, I got to a point where my soul could not take it anymore. Oh, the things pastors go through. My soul couldn't take it anymore. 23 year old, dying for what? What did she do? Right. And while I was praying, suddenly, I just got lost. I got intense in prayer. And then, suddenly I saw, I had a trance. In this trance, I was seeing my whole body. When you can see yourself completely, it's a trance. But when you are participating in the thing, it's a vision. Okay? Huh? Do you understand? When you can see yourself like this, fully, in a dream state or whatever thing, it's a trance. But when you are participating, when you are seeing the thing and your hand and all that, or you're just seeing, it's a vision, okay? Who understands that? Yeah. And suddenly I just, I saw myself, I was standing next to this, to my own body, and I saw myself, I saw tears, sinus, I saw everything, I was crying, I was praying, I was praying in the spirit, I was praying in the spirit, and suddenly a man in white walked up to me, it was not Jesus, but I believe it was an angel, and the angel said to me, come with me to the home, to the place of death, I said, what is the place of death, he said, come, this is where souls are signed up, and the spirits are kept before the bodies die, I said, ah, the place of death. And the spirit took me, held my hands. And as soon as he held my hands, we started, it was like an elevator. We just started going down. And then we, we stopped. And we started walking. We started walking. And while we were walking about, I started to look carefully. And he said, look carefully. You will see something. I was very shocked to see houses everywhere, but it was thick darkness. These are people like people in coma. Do you understand that? People in coma, people unconscious. Oh, very many houses. And then he said, Search for her. So I started screaming her name. Where are you? I will knock on one door. I will knock on the next door. Is she here? I've come to take you. I was screaming her name. I've come to take you. It's me. I'm your pastor. I've come to take you. Let's go back up. I've come. And suddenly, one of the occupants in one of the houses opened the door and said, that's the door with her name on it. And I looked and her name was on the door. He said, but she's not here yet. The, the place is vacant. So I turned to the angel and said, she's not here. And then the angel said, then it's okay. And he held me and we came back up. And I saw myself still praying and crying. Ah, ah, I was praying. And 
And I looked at the guy who was there to pray with me, and instead of praying, he was sitting down looking at me. Behind me. He said, hey, this is how people really are. You'll be lost in prayer. You'll be thinking people are praying like you, but when you open your eyes, you see the guy behind you. Ah, he will just, he will just like He couldn't understand what was going on. And then, I was escorted back to my body, and I came to, and I knew victory had come. Yeah. Yeah. See that? Plead. So you see, pleading one's case can be like that. It can be like that many times. Some of you, we've pleaded your case. We've pleaded a case. We've pleaded your case many times. Many times. We don't know what we are doing when we are praying, do we? We don't know what happens in the spirit when we pray. Because if we know what happens in the spirit when we pray, we would give ourselves to the word of God. Whenever we see our shortcomings in the word of God, it will bring us to a place of prayer. It will bring us to a place of prayer. I mean, you can't hear all of these things about who Jesus is and not be disturbed to pray. And not want to pray. You say, but I don't have a place to pray. Who said you don't have a place to pray? There are too many places, too many open spaces. You can go into school and pray and come back. No one is stopping you. No one is holding your leg. You can go into some nice place and pray. You don't, you don't, you don't, you don't, you don't, you don't have to have an excuse. You just have to pray. Verse 9. Who is Jesus in verse 9? I am the door. Do you see that? You know, Jesus explained something. He first said, I am the door of the sheep. Now he says, I am the door. There's a difference. There has to be a difference. He cannot, ex- he cannot remove a certain word. And you can't think that it's, this, it's... You can't say it's the same thing, okay? I am the door. So who is Jesus? Who's Jesus? Again... Yes, so I was asking a question before. So how many of you re- the, um, 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 have, or are making a discovery or have discovered that seriously when it comes to the anointing, truly we need something? Like, see guy, we're not really, we're not, I mean, yeah. You may not like it, huh? but it's true. You may not like it, but it's true. Verse 9, I am the door. What does this door do? It said, by me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved. Wow. John 10, 9. John 10, 9. Did you exit it? Oh yeah, you were looking at Acts 10, 38. Huh? John 10, 9. I am the door. If any man enter in, by me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved. I want you to see something amazing in that place. I want you to see something amazing. Isn't it amazing that we've only been talking about Jesus for a whole day? So people can talk about Jesus so long. Huh? I thought maybe there are other topics that have to take all day. But Jesus is a very good topic to talk about, right? By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved. And shall go in and out. Go in and out of where? Of the door. 
He shall go in and out of the door and find pasture. And find pasture. What is pasture? Food for sheep. Yeah? He shall find pasture. Huh? Through the door. Maybe the reason why there is so much scarcity is because we are not going in and out of the door. We are going in and out of several doors. Like Jesus is now a past tense revelation. You have to go through the law of attraction. Rhonda Byrne is your new door. Napoleon Hill is your new great door. Huh? What's his name again? Brian Tracy. Huh? What's the other guy's name? Ah, uh, so Richard Branson has even started having a door too, eh? Richard Branson. What's the other guy's name? Oh, now all of you are pretending to not know. We're just quiet. Tony Robbins. But Jesus said what? I am the door. Tell your neighbor, tell two people, Jesus is the door. Go in and out of him, you will find pasture. Yes, Jesus is the door. There is no other door that in and out leads to pasture. Inside pasture, outside pasture, only Jesus. Only Jesus. In and out of him, you will find pasture. What is pasture? Provision. Provision for your soul. Provision for your body. Provision for your ministry. Provision for your life. Provision for your work. Provision for your body. Provision for your eyes. Provision for your hands. Yes, provision for your emotions. He is the door. He is the door. I said he is the door. He is the door. Yeah, there is only pasture to be found in and out of Jesus. Tony Robbins will never give you pasture. He'll never. You know, there was something that I was told that Tony Robbins said. I can't remember exactly who told me. I think it was him. Pastor Gabriel or something. He said, Tony Robbins said that all writers, when they write, what do they say? He said, when they write, they write to appeal to people's emotions so they can buy the books. Yeah. And it's not the whole truth that they write. How many of you who write on Facebook, is it not true? Don't you write to appeal to people's emotions? You write to get likes. Do you write because you don't care? Why are you lying? You say, I don't care what you think. I don't care if I have five likes. Then why are you writing on Facebook? Why are you on Facebook? If you don't care if you get likes, why are you on Facebook? You say, somebody will see. So somebody will see for what end? It's not to like it. To comment. To send you an inbox. To want to see you. To want to hear your message. Come on, you care. Come on, you care. Huh? Tell your neighbor you care. Yeah. Yes, you care about people's opinions big time. Is it not true, triumphant? Yeah, it's true. Is it not true, Abos? Is it not true, Chima? We care. How many of you have ever faced, faced near depression because people are not liking your stuff enough? Say the truth. Raise your hand up. Don't lie. Some of y'all are being unrealistic. You're telling me it has never bothered you before because people are not liking. You write great things. Have you ever written something so great you expect likes? Ah! Like 
Pastor Emmanuel. I want to tell you about Pastor Emmanuel. <laughs> hey, tell us. Tell us. We'll tell you. I'll tell you by all means. I mean, Pastor Emmanuel will write out his heart. <laughs> it will be so emotional in the writing. You, you can see the emotions. Then his younger brother will put a picture and say, we are just chilling for the day. 400 likes. <laughs> 279 comments. Pastor Emma. Six likes. <laughs> Including him. <laughs> Two comments from those of us that pity him. See, people are wicked though, let's write. And then people like this write, man. <laughs> My guy. <laughs> <laughs> ah, forgive. Yeah, yeah. I remember one day he was so bitter about it. He said, "I don't like this nonsense. My brother is putting nonsense online. Just snap." And I want—he's not even a good photographer. Four hundred likes for what? And I will write a heart for Jesus. <laughs> Write a divine revelation. Take like 30 minutes to write. Six likes. Oh. Some of you, in order to improve the likes and comments, you know how you have to take some very, very strategic pictures. I am speaking of Pastor Peace. In order to boost the comments, Pastor Peace had to keep some extra looks and then had to snap in some very strategic places. Because he, he, he discovered something after studying some people. He said, people who get likes have nice pictures. I tell you, people are not reading what you write. Yeah. It's the picture. Uh, Shabi, you, you too, when you like his stuff. Is it not the picture? It's the picture. Oh. <laughs> I mean, the likes are enough. <laughs> Why not? If you like, don't read it. The like is gratifying. Yeah. The like is great. Don't read. Oh. Your business, but if I have the likes, at least I'm having attention. That's just it. That's just it. See? So many of us are trying to find many ways to find green pastures. Many of us are trying to find many ways to find green pastures. The Bible is no longer the main thing. The Bible is no longer the main thing. The Bible is now the substitute agreement. The Bible is now the really nice thing. And anything that doesn't really sound like the things you like, you don't like them. Yeah. If you don't like it, it can't be God. If you don't like it, it can't be Jesus. Jesus would never say this. And Jesus would never say that. And Jesus would never say the other one. Yeah, we kind of like to read the Bible... In a, in a very surgical way. We cut out the things we don't like. Isn't it true? It's true. Many of us read the Bible in a very surgical way. Yeah. We read it like plastic surgeons. We take away the extra fat. And keep only the meat that looks nice. That's how the Bible is for many of us. That's how the Bible is for many of us. But Jesus said, I am the door. He said, I am the door. Who again is Jesus? Verse 11. 
who again is Jesus. He said again, I am the good shepherd. So Jesus is who? The good shepherd. Jesus is not only the shepherd, but he's a good one. <laughs> Isn't he? He's not only the shepherd, but who is he? The good shepherd. There's a quality to his shepherd skills, to his shepherding abilities, to his shepherding, shepherdorial anointing. He is a good shepherd. A, the good shepherd. Isn't that nice? Jesus, the good shepherd. Triumphant. Who is Jesus? The good shepherd. Jesus is the good shepherd. Yes? What does it mean to be a shepherd? To be a shepherd? Who speaks Yoruba here? What is shepherd in your language? Say it in Yoruba. Again? Say it, break it down into, what do you call that thing now? Syllables, yeah. Who takes care of sheep. Yeah. Now, I want to ask you something. Stand up, please. Stand up, please. So, um, it's because your voice is too buzzy, so I'm not hearing it clearly. Am I the only one who's not hearing it clearly? Olu Shogo Borondo. Huh? Yeah. So, say it again. Olu Shogo Aguton. Olu Shogo Aguton. Okay. What is pastor in your language? Pastor is still Olusho Aguton. Yeah. So shepherd is pastor. Jesus is not just the good. Jesus didn't say, thank you. I am the good prophet. He didn't say, I am the good evangelist. He didn't say, I am the good apostle. He didn't say, I am the good teacher. But who did he say he is? The good shepherd. The good pastor. I see pastoral anointings released. I see pastoral anointings released. Yeah. From the good shepherd. Mantles for pastoral anointings. Mantles. I mean, if you can receive, receive it the first person. Receive it the second person. Receive it the second person. Receive it the third person. Receive it the fourth person. Receive it the fifth person. Receive it the sixth person. Pastoral anointings being dispersed today. Yes. The good shepherd. The good shepherd. The good shepherd. The good shepherd. Yes. God bless you. Sit down. You have received something. Yeah. He said, I am the good shepherd. Then he said, the good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. He gives his life for the sheep. This is one of the first qualities of the good shepherd. To give your life for your sheep. What does it mean? That's to live your life. To give your life. To give yourself completely for God's people. Today, and as true as the camp goes on, many of you would hear the voice of the Lord. Yeah, from the word of God. You're not going to hear a special voice. No, maybe you hear it. It's not up to me. 
But what I'm sure of is that you hear the voice of the word saying to you, give your life for the sheep. Saying to you, give your life for the sheep. And if you would take up that call, it will take you to nations. It will take you to countries beyond your dreams. Yeah. It will do something that you would have never dreamed can happen. Yeah. Now look again in verse 14. He said another word. Who is he again? I am the good shepherd. Another quality of the good shepherd is the good shepherd knows his sheep. The good shepherd does what? Knows his sheep. Yeah. So generally a good pastor is a pastor that knows everybody. You see that? The good shepherd. It's no wonder Jesus knows everyone personally. He knows you in a very intimate way, isn't it? Jesus knows everyone in an intimate way. There are things you will never tell me, but Jesus has heard them. Isn't it true? Yeah. Jesus is very amazing. And his sheep know him. So one who is truly a sheep of Jesus is one who knows him. If you're truly the sheep of the good shepherd, you know, all we've been talking about is what? Who, oh, who's that? Who's that? Yellow card. Yeah. At red card, you shall gently leave us. Jesus is the good shepherd. But the sheep is the one who knows the good shepherd. And all we've been talking about is who is Jesus? Who is Jesus? Who is Jesus? Are you the real sheep? Are you the real sheep of Jesus? Or are you the sheep of another person? You are the sheep of Tony Robbins. You are the sheep of Tony Robbins. Is it not? Said yes, eh? It's good to listen, you know. Stand up, stand up, stand up, stand up. Somebody give him a dose. Come here, come and be baptized. Quick, 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 quick. Come and be baptized for this thing you said. Tony Robbins, come and be. Let us give him a baptism into a new family. Ah. Fire. Yes. God bless you. Go back. You don't even know. You need. Should we? Should we? Should we? Should we baptize him? Should we baptize him? Should we? Oh, you are even suggesting. Stand over there. Somebody come and baptize him. Quick, quick, quick. Quickly. Okay. You stand there. You also be baptized for taking time. Who is taking time again? Fire. Fire. Correct. Sit down. <laughs> it's good to be home. Is it not good to be home? It's good to be home. It's only at home we can do this. 
They are great men of God. You do it outside, you would, you would. Uh, uh, <laughs> I'm sure if I told a boss to fire them, he would kneel down and do it. <laughs> Psalm 97, verse 6 and verse 7, before we go on our 10 minutes, we will break. Psalm 97, verse 6 and verse 7. I was telling you about us being his sheep. I want to show you something. Jesus calls you sheep, okay? You are sheep. You are. There's, there's nothing. Because sheep are the only ones who follow. Sheep follow. Have you ever seen a flock of snake being followed? Like somebody is a shepherd of snake. Snake shepherd. And he's like, he's leading them. <laughs> In green pastures, my brothers. What shall we say to this thing? If you see a man leading a flock of anacondas, <laughs> what will you say? A flock like 5,000 anacondas. And he's taking them to eat. What are they going to eat? A whole village. That has to be what they will eat. No. So we are not snakes, are we? judgment should we pass judgment <laughs> you know you know <laughs> listen to this song how many of you know this song there is not a friend like our stop it's not like the lonely Jesus lowly lowly some of you have been saying lonely since you were born. How many of you have said lonely before? There is not a friend like a lonely. How is, how is Jesus lonely? Jesus said, my father is always with me. I am never alone. Only once he was lonely. But after that time, look at his children. Look at us steady. You're not here for me. You're not here for me. Are you here for me? Who am I? What do I have? Nothing. But Jesus has everything. We are here for him. We are not here for anyone else. There is not a friend like our lowly Jesus. No, not one. Yes. No, not one. Souls diseases. No, not one. No, not one. You see, when you don't know it, you just say, nya, 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 nya. Not. Jesus knows. Jesus knows all about our struggle. He No, not one. No, not one. No, not one. Yes. You see, you see, how many of you, how many of you like soccer? 
when a, when two people when a guy probably commits a foul how does the referee say play on what does he do how does he do it can someone st- can someone stand up and demonstrate it ah he does this yeah so when jesus met the adulterous woman and she was brought to him oh boy and this woman was right there right there right there and they said we caught her in the act what did jesus do play on (laughs) play on play on yes yes yeah you see that how many times has jesus seen you doing that bad thing how many times has he seen you watching that pornography how many times has he seen you lost after that woman how many times has he seen you steal that money? How many times has he heard you tell a lie? But guess what he does? Play on. Somebody say play on. Play on. Play on. Play on. Yes. Play on is what he says. You know what he says? He says, look, 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 look. I've seen all you do in secrets. I've seen all your thinking. I've seen all you've tried. I've seen all the ways you've gone. But you know what? The whistle is in my mouth. But play on. Play on. This is the love of God. This is why we are his sheep. This is why we are his sheep. Yeah, he keeps telling you, play on my sister. I can see that you're not a giver. I can see that you don't believe in the titan. I can see that you don't even give. I can see that you don't respect authority. I can see all the things you are doing, but you know what? Come on, give this this sign. Play Play on. Play on. I heard all the lies you told. I heard even the times you criticized my people. I heard the times you criticized my pastors. I heard the times you said all the things that you shouldn't have said. But what? Play on. Play on. Play on. on. The game hasn't gone halfway yet. Play on. Perhaps you will change. Perhaps something dramatic will happen in your life. You know, he even thinks I could use you to do something really mighty. So you know what? Hey, what a merciful Jesus. We are his sheep. You have to be his sheep. You have to be his sheep. You have to be a sheep. You have to be a sheep. You can't come being a goat. Because it's the sheep that receives the play on. The goat is separated. Do you understand that? Goats don't get a play on. They get a kick on. They get a kick out. They get every other thing but a play on. But you. But you. You see, the sheep knows his shepherd. The sheep knows his shepherd. He knows that if everyone kicks me out and I run to him, naked, dripping, dripping out of the bed of fornication, and I come and I say, Jesus, he would not say anything but. Play on. 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 Yeah. Yeah. David went and slept with so many people and did so many evil things. And every time he finished doing it, God will say, and David Job had gone through everything that he was going through but there was one statement he knows only the sheep can know it he said for I know I know I know I know I may have been through hell and high water I may be struggling in my life things may not be going fine for me I may be really really hungry I may be really, really broke. In fact, I don't even know how I'm going to go home. But you know what? If he says play on, I will play on. If he says play on, I'll play on. The referee counts the most. 
The crowd doesn't count. They can shout it's not fair, but favor isn't fair. They can shout it's not okay, but mercy isn't fair. They can shout it's not good, but compassion isn't nice. He's not trying to be nice. He's not trying to be nice. All he says, play on. Yeah. Tell your neighbor, play on. Come on, tell more, tell three people, play on. Hey, Sabalaba. Kabalomo Sombregedelehe. Shalabandoloboko Rababaya. Come on, take a moment now. Take a moment and pray. As we are about to close for the day. Oh, Lazokotoro Modo. Hello, hello, hello. Don't be too loud. Praise the Lord. Don't be too loud. Don't be too loud. But do it from your heart, but don't be too loud. Don't be too loud. You may be seated. Psalm 95, verse 6 and verse 7. He's our God. Psalm 95, verse 6 and verse 7. Psalm 95, I'm sorry if I said 97. Of his hand. You should learn these songs. Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our God, our Maker. Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our God, our Maker. Hey, Shabbat. For He is our God. Is He my God and your God? We are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. And the sheep. We are just the sheep. It's enough to be his sheep. Of his hand. We are the sheep of his hand. That's what we are. Look at it. Look at it. Psalm 95 verse 6 and verse 7. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. Whose knees can bow to anyone but our Maker? Oh, my knees belong to my Maker. When I see Him, I don't think. I just kneel. I just kneel. There's nothing more. Nothing more. Verse 7. For He is our God. 
He is our God. Is there any other God beside Him in your life? Is money the new God for you? Money? Money? School? Books? Degrees? Jobs? Careers? Marriage? A great husband? A great beloved? He is our God. As for me, He is our God. As for me, he's our God. And we are the people of his pasture. Do you see that? That means we are the people that he made the pasture for. Do you see that? We are the people he made his pasture for. The silver and the gold are mine, said the Lord. We are the people of his pasture. God didn't make gold for himself. He doesn't need it. God didn't make gold for himself. He don't need it. Doesn't need a shelly. Doesn't need anything. What do you think God needs? God didn't make offering baskets. He doesn't need your offering. You need God. We are the people of His pasture. He is not the one that really needs us. I don't know. I don't know. Ask your neighbor. Do you know that God is all right? Like God is 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 okay where He is. Like God is really doing fine. You know, think God is not doing good. Like, 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 like we don't say it, but we live like God is not okay. Like God cannot do without us. Okay, just die and, and see. Just die and see. Just die and see. Without faith in His word, you go to hell and find out He doesn't really need you. You need God. 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 Who are you, old man? You need God. Who do you think you are? You need God. What am I? Nothing. I need God. I bow my knees to His Word. His Word is the greatest opinion. His Word is the highest opinion. The Bible is God's greatest standard. I need Him. He doesn't need me. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so many people say, you know, prayer is one of the most one-way pray, one of the most one-way communication in the world today. How many of you have recognized that? Come on, hello. Are you guys here or you've gone home? I'm asking a question. Prayer is one of the most one-way communication methods in the world. Do you know that? Yeah, most of the time, when you pray, you don't hear anything. Is it not true? Hello. Oh, okay, wave your hand if it's true. You don't hear anything most of the time when you pray. You don't see anything most of the time when you pray. Do you know why? Because you need Him. If He's quiet, you still pray. If He doesn't show anything, you still pray. You need Him. He can keep quiet and you can choose to stop believing. Hey, Shelly, you won't change it. See, God's, God will not have a gray hair. You know why He won't have a gray hair? He's called Ancient of Days. Before you... See, here, the oldest star is younger than God. Huh? The oldest star is younger than God. God has a location, a physical location. And some of you have already started saying, it's my body. That's the problem with having too much knowledge. God lives in me. Wait, wait, before you go. Heaven has a physical place. There's a physical place where we can find heaven. The Bible says that your heaven, oh God, is above the stars. You would have to pass above, beyond all the stars to find heaven. 
then you will see the physical place called heaven. But some of the nearest stars to us, 2,000 light years away. You know what 2,000 light years is? At the speed of light, that is 3.1 times 10 raised to the power minus 14. At the speed of light, it will take 2,000 years. If you put, look, if you got a Boeing 717 or a British Airways plane, and you filled it with enough fuel, and you flew at the speed of light constantly without stopping or refueling every day, you will get there in 2,000 years at the speed of light. thousand years at the speed of light. Do you know how long it takes for the sun's light to reach the earth? Huh? No, 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 no. It's not 30 minutes. That's 8, yeah, 8.5. Not 8 point, that's 8 and a half. 8.5. That's, it's not actually half. It's 0.5. 8 minutes, 5 seconds. 8.5 minutes. That's how long. Pardon? Is it 8 minutes, 13 seconds? Are you sure? I saw 8.5. Okay, if you say 8, probably the person was approximating. Alright. Thank you for that correction. What do I know? 8 minutes, 30 seconds. 8 minutes, 30 seconds. Do you know how far the sun is from the earth? Who knows how far? Huh? How far? Who knows? Do you know how hot the sun is? Who knows? 20 million degrees. 20 million degrees. The human skin boils at 100 degrees. <laughs> Only Jesus can have a party at the sun. <laughs> in the book of Job, God talks about walking in the sun, in the midst of the sun. Probably he was bored. He decided to take a stroll. And the only place fit for him was the sun. 20 million degrees. I'm sure he didn't notice the heat. He didn't carry hanky. Because if he should feel hot, it will be a cold. That's the end of the sun. The end of man. Who is Jesus? Who? Were you there? Were you there when he commanded the Pleiades? to come in place. These are, these are stars. 2,000 light years away. You know what that means? We have never ever seen a twinkle of a star in the present time. When a star is 2,000 light years away, let me tell you what it means. It means the first light that shone, shone 2,000 light years at the speed of light. And it took 2,000 years at the speed of light to get to the earth. What you are seeing is what, is what shone when Jesus died. That's the light you are seeing. That you are seeing that you are calling twinkle, twinkle, little star. The ones that have shone in our present time, we will never see it. We will never see that light. And then there are stars that are 100,000 light years away. 1 million light years away. And we still see them. 1 million light years away. Hey! 1 million. You know what it means? One million years ago, a light twinkled. It emanated light and dispersed it. It has not reached the earth at the speed of light in one million years. After you have gone by all those stars, you will find heaven. 
and Jesus appears in the twinkling of an eye between heaven and earth. Shakabaya. You know, these are the kind of things you get in malaria instantly over. <laughs> you get a cerebral malaria. He appears in the twinkle of an eye between earth and heaven. He's here. He's here. When, when some of the nearest stars are 2,000 light years away, we can only say he, he travels at the speed of the world. Hey! Hey! Wow! He travels at the speed of the world. Somebody say, wow. wow. Yes. Wow. Jesus is amazing. Who is Jesus? I've been asking you all this day. Who is Jesus? I've been asking you. I told you the Lord showed me mantles being dropped in this place. And I told you that the only thing is your careful observation. I will play and I will laugh, but you would miss it. I will joke and I will sing, but you will miss it. You will even see me as a normal person. You will see me when I'm taking, but you will miss it. If you don't see. Who is Jesus? Who is Jesus? You know, let's get back to that kind of faith that believes the whole Bible, yeah? Let's get back there. Let money stop being the object for your life. How long will money run your life? How long will money run your life? How long will you be so hungry and pray because of hunger? How long? How long will you stop going to church because of school? How long? How long? When will you learn that none of these things you are doing really matter in the big picture? We are not a big picture people. That's why. We're not a big picture people. We think in very small collection of boxes. We think for the present time only. We think for what we will wear. What we will eat. I cannot imagine a Christian who wants to buy a shoe and, 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 and looks at the house of God and says, but the house of God is in shambles. But I will buy an expensive shoe anyway. The kingdom is not in your heart. You don't love God, but you love the idea of God. You don't love God, you love the idea of God. You buy expensive watches, you buy expensive phones, you buy expensive clothes. But the house of God is struggling. You don't love God. You love yourself. And you believe that as you take care of self of yourself, God loves you that way. God will always love you with an eternal love. God's love will not change, but I don't think that means God likes you. Like is a choice, but his love is eternal. Yeah. yeah, you may not like what I'm saying, but it's true, you know. God loves everyone. God, God, God loves everyone. Is it not true? Turn to your neighbor and say, God loves you. God loves you big time. God loves you big time. God loves you big time. But does God like you? Does God like you? You know, every parent loves their child, but they like some children. Is it true? And God, ex- God explains himself in many ways as a parent to a father. Or as a parent to a child. Yeah? God explains himself many ways as a parent to a child. He explains himself in many ways. You know, one way that, that you know God loves you, but he may not really like you, is when he leaves you to the error of your ways. And there is no one again to counsel you. 
that is the worst thing that can happen to you. When God leaves you to the error of your ways, when there is no one again like me to correct you, when there is no one again to correct you, when everybody tells you you are nice, you are beautiful, you are good, you are great. I tell you, I tell you, eh? uh, look, God said in his word, every parent who loves his child chastises them. Every parent who loves his child. Do you know, when you get to a point when your parents no longer correct you, just know they've given up on you. How many of you have ever gotten there before? How many of you feel like you're beginning to get there, the way your parents are relating with you these days? How many of you? Be honest, please. Raise your hand. Nobody? That is a good thing. That is very important and it's very good. Some people get to a point where their parents cannot say anything anymore. And they leave you to the error of your ways. That is the worst way to treat, to treat a child. Do you know that? Yeah. You know what God said in his word? He said, because of what you have done to me, you know what I'll do? I will give you children as pastors <laughs> and women to be your priests. That was the, that was, imagine, that's the, that's the drill. I'll give you children. What are children? They like to play. They like to have fun. Everything has to be rosy and funny for children. If it ain't fun, it ain't children. Right? Yeah. That's how most of y'all like God. If it ain't fun, it ain't God. I tell you, man, if God gives you children, if all you have is those who don't help you to see the Word of God for what it is, to see the Bible in its full measure, I tell you, man, you're towing a dangerous line. You're towing a very dangerous line. If there is no more corrective measure in your life, if everything you do is okay, even when you know you're not okay. Have, have you ever just been like that? Like, you know you're not okay, but how can I be okay? How can you tell me everything is okay? How can you tell me? I'm here to be fixed, but you're telling me I'm fine as I am. How can I be fine as I am? If the word of God says, we behold him as in a mirror, the very image of God, are being transformed from glory to glory. How can I be okay like this? If there is a glory to glory. If there is a transformation, then I must be it. I must be in that plan for transformation. Praise God. If there is a transformation, I must be in the plan. I cannot stay away from the plan for God's transformation to work in my life. Every day I must look like Jesus. What I was yesterday is not going to be what I'll be today. What I was the last week is not what I'm going to be the next week. What I was last month. You know, some of you don't get to that place of finally giving everything to serve the Lord. Because you remain the same kind of Christian. You remain the same kind of Christian you've been for the last five years. You remain the same kind of Christian you've been for the last eight years. For the last ten years. There is no higher place for you. There is no transformation in your Christianity. You don't move from one place of commitment to another with God. You know the final place of commitment with God is going somewhere to do something for God. As a pastor. That's the final commitment. That's the final commitment. You can start off as a lay pastor now. But one day you're going to give up everything. And you're going to serve the Lord. But many of us never come to that crossroads. We never come to that place. We remain church members. We remain seat warmers. We're the only ones who are complaining this service is too long. Why does he have to be like this? Doesn't he understand? Look at the kind of place we are using. It's not supposed to be... Only you... Sadly. I tell you something. In the kingdom of God, 
the person who is sitting down there, who is a nobody, who has less money than you. In this life, you will have all you want. But when that man stands before God, when that man stands before God, you will be nothing compared to him. Yeah. All that counts is, is what you are seeing today. The long run is not in your heart. But I'm praying. Like the day that John Wesley's heart was touched. And John Wesley said, I'll go all out for you, God. Maybe there is a John Wesley here. Maybe there is a John Wesley here. Who knows? Who knows if I'm speaking to a John Wesley in Plefan? Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Where you will go all out for God. Where you will go all out. All out. All out. God, you know what? This God thing, let's do this. Turn to your neighbor and say, this God thing will do it. We'll do it. We'll do it to the end. We'll do it to the end. There's no stopping us. Who is Jesus? Who is Jesus? Bow your heads and let's pray. Who is Jesus? Who is Jesus? Joseph? Rookie? Who is Jesus? Who is Jesus? Who is Jesus? Who is Jesus? Will you let the word soak your heart? God bless you for listening to this anointed sermon of Tchatonye today. We are excited and would love to hear from you. Kindly share your questions, prayer needs, and praise reports about how this sermon has blessed you. No matter how brief, via our email address at plefan at gmail.com. That is P-L-E-F-A-N at gmail.com. Kindly subscribe and share so the name of Jesus can go far and wide through this ministry. And until next time, God bless you.